Cockfosters, 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 Cockfosters. Tuesday show. You are listening to the goddamn Dave Hill show on WFMU. Now on a flipping Monday. Is snowballing. It is mushrooming. It is skyrocketing. That's uh, all the uh, big words I know. The late. Great, Joe Franklin. Before I get into things, you just heard the mighty Judas Priest with Living After Midnight. Before that, well, first, before I forget, um, I've been reading K.K. Downing, the guitar player and founding member of Judas Priest's book, Heavy Duty. Days and Nights in Judas Priest, uh, which is awesome. And uh, he talks about that song, Living After Midnight. And he says that um, the other guitar player, Glenn Tipton, of course, was playing the guitar after midnight. And he woke up Rob Halford, the singer, of course. And he was playing that riff in Rob Halford, genius that he is. He said, let's... 
Let's call this one Living After Midnight. Bam, there you have it. More on Judas Priest in one second before I forget the other stuff I played. Wichita Lineman from Glenn Campbell, of course. From the album Reunion, the songs of Jimmy Webb. Before that, Mick Collins and Danny Croha with Welcome to the Cemetery Club. I just saw Mick Collins on Friday in Queens at the Flip These Houses benefit, which had so many folks like Doug Gillard and Michael Shannon and Jason Narducey and uh, tons of other folks. Anyway, before that, what did I play? Oh, the Kinks. See my friends. No, I don't. This is just straight up bragging, actually. I was going to say, I don't want to brag. But Dave Davies followed me on Twitter the other day. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Well, top ten. Before that, of course, let's see. A little song called Angel Witch by a band called Angel Witch from an album which just so happens to also be called Angel Witch. What is that effect? Scaring the crap out of me. Oh... All this can only mean one thing. Hello, and welcome to the goddamn Dave Hill Show with me, Dave Hill, the pride of Cleveland, pizza party enthusiast, that's right, and treasurer of the Marcel Dion Appreciation Society, Manhattan Chapter. Hi, how are you? I'm sassy and brassy. Thank you so much for asking, and thank you. For joining me once again for the Goddamn Dave Hill Show, coming to you live each and every Monday night within reason, from 9 p.m. to midnight, which is to say, the witching hour. I don't know what this effect is. Is it scary? It goes to the center of my brain when I have these headphones on. Anyway, coming to you right here, from right here, I should say, in palatial Studio A here at WFMU, home of the hits, hits, hits. Located right in the heart of picturesque downtown Jersey City, New Jersey. A little taste of paradise and some other stuff, to be fair. Along the Hudson. As always, we have a gravity-defyingly good program in store for you tonight. Last week, thanks to Joel here at the station, K.K. Downing from Judas Priest. He has a great new book out that just came out. Heavy Duty, colon... Days and Nights in Judas Priest, which I, if you like rock books, if you like metal books, if you like books in general, I highly recommend it. I read tons of rock books. I know you'd be shocked to hear that, but it's true. And I I think it's one of the better ones I've read by a, by a mile. It's really good. Especially if you, if you love Judas Priest, which I do. So anyway... Uh, KK's people, I guess, contacted the station, and Joel was kind enough to say, Dave's the guy to talk to KK. And um, so I did. I can't, he, he lives in England, so I had to pre-tape it, because uh, it would be, uh, what time? 3, what, 2.30 in the morning there right now? For, I do have his home number. Now that I'm thinking, I shouldn't say that, but I think I just still do have it somewhere, so maybe I could. No, I won't. I'm just kidding. KK, there's no danger. I'm not going to call your house in the middle of the night. Um, in fact, I'm commanding myself to destroy the number from my file, so I don't do anything crazy at any at any point. Anyway, so I talked to him for 
a while, like 55 minutes roughly, which is very generous of him uh, to give me that much time. And I was super intimidated and scared, and uh, and you combine that with the fact that KK is quite a talker. I mean that in the best of ways. Um, so uh, he does most of the talking, as you'll hear. But uh, uh, I'm in there a little bit. But it's if you uh, if you want to hear the words of the man himself, that I'm going to play that a little, probably like in the ten o'clock hour at some point extended jam interview with K.K. Downing from Judas Priest. But in the meantime, you've got me, Dave Hill, from before. If you have internet access, and really, why wouldn't you? Go to WFMU.org, where right now, sexy singles are chatting away about everything and nothing at all. Jamie, P90, Ms. Sim, Tom, Y, Aaron in Minneapolis... Stinky McStinkalot, thank you. Uh, Treadstone, Dennis D, and so many other fabulous folks. Did I say fabulous? I, you know what I meant. They're in there chatting with each other. Join them. You don't have to be alone. You can be in a, a chat room. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Dave Hill at Mr. Dave Hill. That's me on Instagram. And if you want to send me uh, pictures of your dogs junk uh that's me on snapchat as well uh and i'll tweet back at you during the show and that'll be great for everybody uh the number here is 201-209-9368 that's 201-209-9368 jumping into the breach uh because my lovely and talented secretary shana feinberg has been out i think for the third year in a row now Danny D on house arrest as usual. What are you going to do? So jumping into the breach. Mr. James Fernandez from Parts Unknown, New Jersey. Give him a call, 201-209-9368. Did I mention my website at DaveHillOnline.com? Which as soon as I update it, you'll know when I'm coming to town. Lots of dates coming up. Sign up for my mailing list there and I'll email you the minutiae of my life. What else? That about covers it. Oh, if you want to listen to the show on iTunes, rate and review it there. Five stars and one star, nothing in between. Uh, that would be great for me and my wildly uh, insecure ego and stuff if you did that. Just it would mean a lot. But enough about all that. We need to get down to brass tacks. It's October 1st. What can that mean? Let's think. That's right. It's time for the October fundraiser. So uh, I encourage you. If you love WFMU, and really, why wouldn't you? So much great programming. Uh, Like this show, for example. Just as one example. And all the other shows. Um, Please go to WFMU.org. Pledge like the wind. For 50 bucks, you can get an awesome... There's two new awesome WFMU t-shirts. Uh, pick one out for yourself. $50. And is it worth it? Yeah. Because you sport it, be sporting the station. And you get a, a, a shirt. That's that's awesome. You, uh, people will want to make out with you. Wherever you wear it. Consensually, of course. For $100, you can pick out 
You can get both shirts, my point, and a DJ premium. Did you miss out on the uh, goddamn Dave Hill Show patches the first go-around? Well, now's your chance, sister. Also, do Swag for Life. That's another way you can help. If you're already a Swag for Lifer, up your pledge. I gotta figure out how to make the echo work now that... Whoa. I I don't know how this works. Anyway. Please. Um, Danny D is... I I lied. He's here, actually, and he's duct-taped to the plumbing. And, uh... I have no intention of setting him free until some serious pledges come in. Uh, so, uh... Do you want to set Danny D free? Do you want to see me not go to jail? If you answered yes to at least one of these questions, you know what to do. Pledge. Pledge like the wind. Pledge now. And I think maybe I've said enough on this topic for now. So uh, don't let me down. In the meantime, I want to thank some pledgers. Jeff M. in Lockerbie. Where's Lockerbie? That's in the United Kingdom. Isn't, that might be next town over from K.K. Downing. I'm not sure. Leon H. in Montclair, New Jersey. The Paris of northern New Jersey. Thank you for your donation. Did I say Leon H.? I'm on a lot of medication. Let's be honest. Um, so if you would like to hear me thank you on air, there's only one way to uh, have that happen. Pledge like the wind. Okay. Oh, man. I'm getting a contact high from this Lee Scratch Perry background thing. Let's uh, wonder who could possibly be on hold. 201-209-9368. Hello, you're on the air. Yes. Who's... I'm sorry, who's calling? I'm sorry, who's calling? Hello. You're on the air? Mr. Burnt. Mr. Burnt? That's who's calling. Mr. Burnt. It feels like a little lazy compared to some of your other nicknames, Ing Dave, the pride of uh, Bensonhurst. But I feel like the artist out there... The smoldering cesspool of Bensonhurst. The artist the out there, I think, can... The smoldering cesspool of Bensonhurst. Uh, I, I uh, invite all the artists listening and every week you know there's been some great art on the spot art from people like uh Iraq Hellhammer Dave B in Staten, Staten Island and uh so many other fine folks the smoldering cesspool of Benson I hope Danny Holman could draw up something for that I if Danny's listening I hopefully he'll get on it that's pretty epic. The smoldering cesspool. That yeah, just it was on the uh, spot. Hey, don't. That's pretty solid. Don't beat yourself up. Well, anything with cesspool in it will do. Well, uh, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Danny Hellman drawing. Oh, oh! I just heard <laughs> cesspool, and I got a little. I confused you. Huh? The smoldering cesspool. Aren't all 
cesspools smoldering by definition? Or am I not getting it? Well, if you ever walk by one, you won't see it smoldering, but it is. What do you... Is it, isn't it cess... Is that like a... Uh, is that different from a septic tank? It is. Uh, right, cesspool. It? What is a cesspool? I mean, I, I know. I, Where everything I, goes. So the the contents of the septic tank get dumped into the cesspool? Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's true enough. Man, oh man. And where... What do they do with it once it gets to a cesspool? I wouldn't know and don't think I want to. Uh, see, we re- this is when we really need Danny, God bless his heart, uh, to, to, to let us know exactly what happens. Cesspool, where, what happens? He's Ces- taking phone calls. So no, Des no, we're not. The donations are not by phone. You can only pledge during the October fundraiser online. Ah. And uh, now that you have internet access, Ing Dave. I uh, wouldn't put my number online. You don't. Who, no one's asking you to do that. Good, because it's not happening. Well. I don't have one anyway right now. You don't have a what? Card number. Oh, oh, oh. You, well, you can have PayPal. Oh, no. What? <laughs> oh, you're stoned already, aren't you? I no, not yet. Do you have your bong with you? Not that I'm encouraging uh, this debauchery, but go oh, ahead. For a line. I got my bong in my hand. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> no, I just, uh, there's innuendos and euphemisms and whatnot for that. I don't get it. What, what do you mean? If you substitute the B, you'd get it. Oh, oh, yeah, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to start off the classy show like that. It is a classy show. Indeed. Except when I'm on here. No, no, you elevate the proceedings. I think uh, I speak for everybody in my global audience when I say, uh, without questioning, Dave. Everybody, huh? Everybody. everybody. Yeah, we have, uh, yeah. We have, we uh, have. Oh, my God. No. Is there a caper going on outside your house? I hear the police. Probably. I think that's an ambulance. Oh. Yeah, I don't even have the window open all the way. Um, Who was that at the beginning? Because I trying to sound like Malmsteen. Oh, that was Paul Gilbert. I saw him play l- last I know. Week. He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. I saw him last week. He didn't shred quite enough for my tastes. He's not in Racer X anymore. Yeah, he's getting tasteful in his old age, which I I don't encourage anyone to do. Yeah, obviously, uh, I'm not. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I had I had to ask who was that at the beginning because it sounded like Ingvay without the strap. Well, yep. Well, now we're 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 veering dangerously close to pedal talk right now. I haven't mentioned any. No, but, you know, next thing we're going to be talking humbuckers versus uh, single coil. Single coil, yeah. <laughs> you brought it up, not me. Um, I should tell you that uh, the K.K. Downing interview, there's v- almost no gear talk. You'll uh, Listeners will be thrilled to know. But not me. 
I tried to get. We talked briefly about uh, the. Actually, well, we talk about the flying V guitar, but this this I want to put this to you, uh, to you, Ing Dave. Hey Des, can you get in here? I have a. Uh, I don't know where Des went. He might not. Des, where? Oh, here I see a shadow lurking. <laughs> lurking. Um, here's what happened to me this morning. Oh, first of all, let me back it up a little bit. Last night, I was on the subway. I was in, I did a show in Brooklyn. I was coming back. This is the most fun I've had in forever. I was... It's always a great way to start a story. What's fun, that? F- the most fun you ever had on a subway. No, period, anywhere, in a very long time. It wasn't that crowded of a car... And this guy is moving in between the cars, and he walks through, and you think he's going to, like, do a spiel asking everyone for money. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm the closest to the door, and he walks over to me, and he he uses, like, every trick to, like, uh, get me to on his side, basically. Mm-hmm. He's just like, wow, you're a handsome young man. You're a... And I have my headphones in, and I'm like, what did you say? He's like... You're a really handsome young man. And then he says, what's your name? And for whatever reason, I said Ronnie. Because <laughs> I thought, I realized, I'm like, I can be anybody right now. Sure. So I said, Ron- I said, Ronnie. And so he says, Ronnie. And he started talking to me for like five or ten minutes. And he keeps calling me Ronnie. <laughs> and he, over and over. And it was such a delight to be called Ronnie. Uh... It just tickled me, and then, but then I had my headphones on. I was trying to listen to music, so I, I would stop paying attention to him and just go back to zoning out, listening to music. And he would get really frustrated, and he'd be like, "Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie, <laughs> he needs you urgently." And then, and he asked you for money. Well, finally, after a few minutes, he's like, "Asked me for money," and I said, uh, "I said uh, I don't have it." I don't have any money, and he and he gets him, and he's like, "You're not a real man, Ronnie." <laughs> <laughs> Imitation. And I said, "Jokes on you! I'm not even Ronnie." Did that um, melt his head? It melted his head. <laughs> but uh, what? It's just the simple pleasures in life. See, now I saw you tweet about that. Is a true story. And that's true, which leads me to believe that all the other tweets you have must be true as well. They are all. T- I speak truth on Twitter. So, getting, that's exactly what happened, though. I tweeted awesome. it right when, after it happened because it was such, so simple yet so entertaining to have a stranger sit and call you Ronnie over and over, and then get frustrated with me and <laughs> yell at me, calling Ronnie, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have worked better. It's too bad it wasn't videotaped. Uh, so, you know, somebody maybe. Oh, Milorgan, um, there's a, a update on cesspool. Heat-dried microbes, okay. If you go to melorganite.com, it ex- uh, I'm just scanning it. It seems like it might be freeze-dried crap. I don't know. Um, Possible. A bag of dried, oh, dried microbes. The dry bag of dried microbes of Bensonhurst. Bensonhurst. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, there's a lot of, I, it's a lot to read and still talk on the air at the same time. But um, 
You could do it. No, this is what I wanted. This is not what I meant. I didn't mean to tell you the Ronnie story, which is absolutely true. Um, no, this morning, Ingdave, uh, I feel like you'll appreciate this, but maybe, but then it opens up into a bigger thing. This guy, I'm walking through Washington Square Park because I usually take my, it's one of the places I take my dog. And uh, so, you know, there's like usually homeless guys on the benches in there. And I see that this guitar at the feet of one of these guys, which I immediately spot, realize is a 1984, roughly, Ibanez Destroyer. Phil Collins model nice. from Def Leppard. Sure, sure. In pr- in really good shape. They're worth like twenty five hundred dollars. Just sitting on the ground. With it's somebody? at his feet with no case. Yeah. So I walked by it and I sort of looked at it and I was like, "Is that what I think it is?" And uh, and then I backed up. I had to go back to the guy. I'm like, and my dog didn't want to go back. She gets a little <laughs> creeped out. She hates pedal talk. She hates pedal talk. And I was like, "Excuse me, um." What is, is that yours? And is this junkie? And he was like, yeah, I found it and blah, blah, blah. And it sounded like he didn't buy it anywhere. Right. From what Lily said. And he's like, I don't know. It's an Ibanez destroyer. I don't really know anything about it. And then I was like, it was pretty beat up. But I was like, should I just offer him some money and buy this guitar off him right now? But then I thought... I shouldn't do that. Because if he stole it from somewhere... That didn't even occur to me. That's the big thing. Yeah. Because someone else explained... My friend Tom explained it to me. He's like, that you, you're probably buying stolen goods, so yeah. you can't... It's good that you didn't buy it. Yeah, and they could trace back. But my thing was like, well, I was going to lowball him, <laughs> like, buy <laughs> several thousand dollars. Get it for a song. And then I was like, that's not fair. I shouldn't do that. And then, anyway. It's quite a guitar to see just laying around in the park, though. I couldn't believe just it. Just like that. Because I mean, it's it's a very rare guitar. Sure. I mean, you you find a few of them for sale online, and I was just like, this is just... And he's literally has it on the ground with his bare feet on top of it. Yeah. No, no respect. And he's it's like a 20... It's It was beat up. It's probably his... It was worth at least like $1,000, okay. $1,500 in the shape that it was in. But anyway... I'm not going to tell that story on the moth. It could work on it. So. But I thought, uh, would you say you don't think so? Uh, I wouldn't think so. You didn't feel like it had ever. Was it as good or better than the Ronnie story? On par. You didn't care for the Ronnie story? Yeah, it was good. Both of them were. All right. All right. I'm not sure I really hear that. I don't need to go on the moth for that, though. Well. You have plenty of other stuff for that. All right, fine. How is the park these days? Is it getting is it getting a little dirty again? See, it's hard. you're asking the wrong guy because I, I like a little dirt. Oh, sure, so do I. I like a little. Um, that's why I stopped going. It got too cleaned up. It seems uh, that there seems to be quite a lot of people sleeping there. Okay, is, if I had to say, yeah, uh, when I go, but I go pretty. Nah, nah, maybe not that early, but I, I don't know, eight something. Okay. I usually go. It's a homeless non-shelter. This is exactly right. Mm. When's um, the last time you were at Washington Square Park, eh? Beginning of the century. That's not bad. I would have thought like 92. <laughs> yeah. For him. 
Um, uh, the beginning of the century uh, wasn't a hermit yet. Hmm. What's that? He wasn't, I wasn't a hermit at the beginning of the century. You weren't a hermit. You're, still out you're not. You're not really a hermit now. You've been to WFMU a few times. That's uh, the only nights I go out is to see you and to go to the studio. That's it. That's what more is there? I mean, what? Where do you go? Not from much there? more. Let me just read, if I may, a very nice tweet. Peter Tulipman, if I'm saying that right, writes hundreds of choices on cable, Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu this Monday evening. Yet I find myself listening to the radio, specifically Mr. Dave Hill on WFMU. That's awesome. Um, what else is there to do? Much better value. He just said there's a million other things to do. Hulu, Netflix. And he's, the, sa- he's the same guy that uh, schooled me on the amazing fertilizer uh, of mal- malorganite, which I, I need to. I will, I'll lose hours tonight reading up on Malorganite. Did you look up Malorganite? I missed how you were spelling it, so I couldn't quite get the site. I'll, I'll, I'll try it's, it again. It's spelled like it sounds. I'm, I missed all of it. Malorganite. Ing Dave. Yes. 20 minutes. You want to hear a bong hit? Yes, please. America does. New Zealand does. Draw my lighter. Still, uh, it sounded pretty sweet. I'm never gonna. Uh, never gonna what? Never mind. Okay, twenty I minutes. Just think twenty minutes. All right, bye bye. Okay, bye. Lost my train of thought, if I'm honest. The number here is two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. That's two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. See, Malorganite says here it's got that nitrogen in it, but that's the runoff that ruins the lakes and stuff. I think. Ooh, it adds to like the the algae bloom. So it's a bad product. Could be a bad product. Well, he says it's a good one. Maybe you just don't get it in the water. Do a little more. Well, even just with runoff. Oh, that means it runs into. Yeah, like. F- treated lawns are so green because of all the chemicals are pumping into it. From okay. More basic this stuff. This is that I crazy know. talk. Here we go. Let's. I'm gonna. Um. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. We've lost this person. Are you still there? They've who, gone. Me? Yeah, you. It's, who is this? I was waiting for like a century, but I'm still here. You're you're hearing better than ever. I'm I'm sorry it took so long. It's like ten minutes. Ten minutes, you know. Uh, who's calling guys, in from where? You guys are doing a lot of a lot of talk about the under years. The what? You gotta listen. I'm gonna ask you to bring it down a notch. What 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 did you say? No, I said I was just listening to uh, the the discussion you had about the old uh, eighty eighty four. Oh, the the Ibanez Destroyer? Yeah, yeah. The Destroyer, yeah. It's pretty sick. I know. It was just sitting there in the, at the guy's feet. I have this dirty tubby, and it just has a strat neck. It's so nice, though. It sounds it. sick. Where are you calling from? Uh, Hillside. Oh, oh, oh. This, By Newark. Oh, beautiful. This is Johnny? Yeah, this is Johnny. Yeah, 
what are you getting Johnny up screw, to this evening? Johnny screwdriver, but Johnny's Johnny basically. Johnny's screwdriver? Mm-hmm. Of the of the uh hillside screwdrivers? No, not of the hillside screwdrivers actually. Um it's actually a um I work for the uh power plant over here, but they just call me Johnny Screwdrivers. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh you know, I don't I don't I don't you know, I know people are uh Maybe hot drawing the smoldering cesspool of Bensonhurst, but uh, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, some Johnny screwdriver drawings. Yeah, that I mean, it might it might be a little bit better. Uh, I was listening to the cesspool talking; it kind of put me in a bad vibe. Why? Whoa, whoa! Slow down. Why? Don't be in a bad vibe. No, no, that was just because when you started, when you guys were talking about the cesspools, it was when there was. Uh, there was um, trucks with arrows on the on the parkway over there. It got kind of crazy trying to get home. Oh yeah, I hear that. Well, Johnny, keep up the good work. All right, brother. Thanks you for calling. Too. All right, you too. Bye bye. The number here is two zero one two zero nine nine three six eight. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah. Hi, Dave. Hey, who's calling? This is uh, Joe from Cleveland. Joe from Cle- Joe Tate from Cleveland. Yes, this is Joe Tate from Cleveland. Hi there. You sounded like Peter from Glenridge for I thought, a second. Oh I thought so as well. And uh, there was oh. a ripple of. Uh, it's a little do- added dose of confidence, maybe. Yeah, you sound you bring a lot of heat tonight. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, uh, Joe Tate. Um. Oh, geez, I just hug. No, I'm here. I just somehow hung up on somebody. I apologize. Who's uh, call back if I hung up on you? Like that narrows it down. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's going on, Joe Tate? Hey, I, I have a, a young man here who wants to talk about poetry with you. I think the, the is, is this the he's po- waiting on hold at the moment. Oh, on another line? Yeah, he's on another line. Oh wow. Okay, I believe. Him. Let's see. Is this? Is this the Poet Laureate of Ohio? Dave, this is Dave. Dave Lucas? How are you? This is Dave Lucas, the Ohio Poet Laureate. I'm, I'm here with Joe Tate, a uh, friend of the show. Um, and I wanted to clarify your language question earlier about cesspool, if I may. Oh, wow, this is a great help. Continue. Uh, it's not necessarily smoldering, so that's, that, that's not redundant. Um, my Merriam-Webster tells me it's an underground reservoir for liquid waste. Makes sense. An underground... Re- so would that not also be a septic tank, or are those two different things? It, it seems synonymous. I think, I think it could be. I think the point for us, though, is that it, it, it doesn't have to be smoldering, and so I think Ing Dave is safe on this point. Oh, you know, I plugged in septic tank, and uh, Google suggested septic tank versus cesspool in a fight to the death. I added the in a fight to the death... <laughs> What is the difference? Okay. <laughs> How much does it cost to replace septic with cesspool? Is a cesspit the same as a septic tank? Okay. Both cesspits... Well, let's find... First of all, what septic tanks... Uh, oh, ce- a cesspit and a septic tank are the same thing, basically. Both cesspits... And by cesspit, I mean cesspool. Okay. 
and septic tanks collect wastewater and sewage from households and businesses. I don't know why they make that distinction. Why not from anywhere that has a toilet that are not connected to the main sewer? Hmm. A cesspit is a sealed underground tank that simply collects wastewater and sewage. That means um, number one and number two, right? As well right. as some I other think it, I think it might even mean a little bit of number three. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is number three, just so I I'm clear? You know, you know what number three is. A septic tank. Well, there's a number three and there's a number four, arguably. <laughs> Whatever you need yeah. it to be. If, if you're living life like DH, there's hey, at least I'm from, four. I'm, I'm from Cleveland, I know. <laughs> okay. A septic tank has two chambers and is buried in the same way as a cesspit. So the septic is a little more complicated. Yeah. Oh, well, it seems like the, ses- the septic tank, you're just asking for trouble. You know... If I may interject, there is um, a piece of paper here that says, please announce, and I cannot think of a better time. Mm. And, and hold this thought, Joe Tate and Poet Laureate of Ohio, Dave Lucas. WFMU is looking for a commercial plumber for an upcoming construction project. <laughs> <laughs> and I read verbatim, is you a commercial plumber? Two question marks. Please call or email station manager Ken at Ken at WFMU.org or at 201-521-1416, extension 225. Uh, is you a commercial plumber? And if you answered yes to is you a commercial plumber, then email or uh, cash awaits, it sounds like to me. Um, assuming... Uh, fundraiser goes all right if i can tie see how i tie encourage uh it all comes together but anyway yeah this isn't why you're calling joe tate and dave lucas poet lord let me back it up again how did you this is you know people think i'm just being a smart ass saying (laughs) that dave lucas is the poet laureate of ohio but this is an absolute fact you are you are the this is how did this happen? It's, it's every bit as true as your Ronnie story. I've never known you to be a liar. How did it happen? Yeah, yeah, please. Dave, do you believe in God? Uh, yes, sure. For the sake oh, of... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I believe in that. I don't have all the... I that John Kasich and God are the same, the same, the same I, organism. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> John Kasich is the guy who... who um, are you in at a sports bar? There was. Did you hear cheering? I think, I think it was downstairs. Downstairs. Oh, yeah. Evan Dando's playing downstairs. Oh, the crowd's he, getting hot. He probably just came on stage. Right. Um. Okay. I thought you guys were like at uh, like, John Kasich uh, rally. Yeah. Tim Ripper yeah. owns uh, <laughs> sports bar in Akron. Yeah. If that still exists, I don't know. Uh, I just yeah. try to bring it back to, to Judas Priest, wh- however I can. Yeah. Uh, smoldering e- Iraq Hellhammer comes through with a great drawing. He's one of the. He's an incredible artist. I encourage you to go, if I may, encourage you, you to do one more thing. Go to Iraq E R O K Hellhammer dot com. Uh, and he's a great drawing 
artist. I don't know what I was going to say, drawer. And he, uh, what I mean, he's a great artist. And he, he drew, I'm going to retweet it, uh, his drawing of smoldering cesspool. But uh, uh, I'm sorry. See, this is, this is why I'll never get that uh, hot 97 drive time show. Because <laughs> I can't maintain a thought for more than a couple sentences. Stay sentences. on target. Um, but so, Dave, how did walk us through it? How did you become the poet laureate of Ohio? Well, there there was a there was a poet laureate before me. Who? Um, his name was his name. Well, it is it is. He's still he's still alive. It was not a. It was not I a thought there was a death match. I thought you guys. I thought it was. Wait, he can wait. They a guy was the poet laureate. He stepped down. He, there's a term. We're term limited. Oh, okay. See, I could get behind that. We don't want someone just riding in off in the sunset. Poet no, Lord. you don't know. You don't know what someone would do with that kind of power. You gotta have. You gotta have some limits in place. So, we're, you know, is it safe to say you were a pretty solid poet before they made you poet laureate? I was okay. I was okay, but I feel stronger now. He's a solid poet. Well, th- if anything will give you a shot in the arm, it's got to be being made the poet laureate of the entire state of Ohio. Sure. Your state. That's my state. I know. A you're, state, you're... I should say, that I think is yet to honor me in any way. Duly. That I'm aware That's not of. That's true. We, we, we had you for a lovely reading here in Cleveland at a bar. We had a, we had a great time. We honored the hell out of you. I, 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 I stand corrected. That was actually <laughs> uh, a very nice night, and I'm... I'm on my short list of things that I don't regret in life there you is go. showing up. <laughs> when are you? When are you coming back to the homeland? I I will be in Cleveland uh, November 9th. November 9th. Well, can we can we say what what the event is? I will I will yeah sure I'll tell you. Should I? Because you brought it up. Yeah, I'll be playing at Beachland Tavern. Yeah. With my band Valley Lodge. So there. Yeah. An exciting, an exciting show with also uh, with Falling Stars and Happy Chichester. Yes, both friends of the show. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'll be back in Ohio for a few days for that. Um, so maybe you can whip up one of your little poems for me, Dave. <laughs> I might. I might. I'll be out of town traveling, seeing some of my other constituents, uh, but I might just come back home. Where do you get home. off? Where are you going to be? <laughs> What is that even? Where? What do you mean? Your other can? Your so you rove? Is this a full time gig as poet laureate? I've got a whole state. I've got a whole state to tend to. Is Wait. There, so let's be clear. Do, how much money you make in being poet laureate? I can't. I can't talk about that. Uh, is it? Is it six figures? It depends on where you put the decimal point. It's like, it's like asking Santo how much he makes. Yeah. Come on. No, it's rude. But now, 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 it's just you've gotten under my skin. <laughs> but no, seriously though. All all kidding aside, and this is you know, from what I can tell, have having uh not read that many of your poems That's not funny. enough to really make a judgment. Yeah. <laughs> um can I say uh like how does this happen? Is there a lot of competition? Not trying to diminish it. I don't know if there was a lot of competition, um, but I, I, I had I made a pitch, and I said what I wanted to do was to uh, talk about poetry with the people of Ohio in a way that made them feel less intimidated by it. 
uh, class up things a little bit. I think I think you can get behind that. Sure. Cla- I mean, class up the state of Ohio in general? Well, I was thinking about classing up poetry, but yeah. Is there like a national poet laureate conference where all the other states get represented? You guys all get together? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think there should be, and I think it should be at an undisclosed location at a time that no one can speak of. Uh, but but so far, I've not been invited. How many how, does everyone have elbow patches at this event? Do you think? <laughs> I can I can vouch for only one. <laughs> He's got them now. Hey hey, Danny D writes in from wherever the hell he is, <laughs> and says, has a poet laureate ever done the station ID before? Uh, oh. Valid question. Yeah. Um, so, so I wonder, uh, would you be willing to do the station ID while, while we've got you? Can we assign a mood? Can you give, like, yeah, you give like a mood to convey? Uh, Would you like me to assign it? Yeah. Okay. Mysterious. Oh, I love it. Do you know how to do... Do you know the station ID? You're going to have to walk me through that, but I'll I'll work on the mystery while you tell me what to say. Okay. You're listening to the goddamn Dave Hill Show on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County in 91.9 FM and online. Okay. Worldwide at WFMU.org. Yeah, what if I just stop after that? Just, just uh, whatever you, know, you can do. Just shoot, shoot back whatever you can of what I just said. Can I say in, in poet voice the way that yeah. poets say things at readings? It's a little bit mysterious. <coughs> yeah, come on. Okay. You're listening to the goddamn Dave Hill show. What was the next part? It's the worst poet laureate ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I thought he would get like a couple lines further at least. And Seriously. I was gonna be like, hey, heroic effort. God forbid uh poet laureate could memorize it. Clearly a one line at a time kind of effort. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any pre- anything prepared, Dave Lucas, poet laureate of Ohio? I could I could read you a Cleveland poem if you want a little Cleveland poem. Please. All right. Uh, Do you remember a few years back uh, when when something happened to the river? Yes. There was a, there was Do, a fire. Yeah, yeah. Wh- when was that in the sixties? Yeah, it was fifty years ago. It happened a couple of times, but that's the famous one in '68. Well, who uh, was the mayor? Mayor Ray. Uh, Ralph Perk, was it? Ralph Perk. Perk. I think so. I always yeah. can confuse it's, it's Ralph Perk and Ray yeah. Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> Do you have, I don't know if that happens to you. I I've, I've never I've never seen them together at the same <laughs> same place, same time, have you? No? You raised a good point. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> looks, looks like I'm climbing out of the poet laureate cellar now. <laughs> How long have you been poet laureate? <laughs> Uh, the peaceful transfer of power took place at January uh, midnight, January first, twenty eighteen. That's when it happened. Yeah. So you have quite a ways to go in uh, 
uh, you, you could abuse this position for quite some time, it sounds like. How long is the term? Two years, right? Two years. Yeah, That's pretty long. Halfway through. You could uh, do some you, real damage. But are you ma- you're married, right, Dave? I am, yeah. Because I was just... Are, you, are we talking to Dave Hill? I'm No, we're talking to you, Dave Lucas. Okay, all right. I was just, you know... My mind was going to a horrible place. <laughs> just thinking of the... the uh, the kind of swagger, being poet laureate of Ohio, what that must fill a man with. Yeah. <laughs> the power take, is. is uh, take that on the town. Yeah. What a terrible time to settle down, and then you become, <laughs> then you're made poet laureate, a guy who can have any anyone and anything he wants. Right. You just you just cashed in anyway. Lucky for me, all I care about is the magic of words, you know? See, that's the kind of stuff. That's exa- <laughs> If you're out at BW3 or wherever, <laughs> you say that, you're not going home alone. <laughs> all right, you want to hear this poem? Yes, please. Okay, it's called, it's called River on Fire. And I imagine you, did you grow up a bit ashamed of the river catching fire like I did? I didn't. No, I didn't care one way or another. You know, right, I, I didn't I like. She would say yes. Yes, yes. Poem. I felt very <laughs> bad about it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And so um, I wrote the poem to try to make it uh, sort of mythologized or sounded noble. So this is called "River on Fire." You ready? Yeah. Okay. River on fire. Stranger. Wait. Let me tee it up real quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you? This is "River on Fire," by Ohio poet laureate. Is that the official title? Yeah, that's right. Dave Lucas. I'm sorry, continue. Am I on the air? Yeah, yeah. This is WFMU. It's the goddamn Dave Hill Show. (laughs) Great. Oh, fantastic. Also on Fubar Radio in the UK. Stranger, the way of the world is crooked, and anything can burn. Nothing impossible. Who comes to send fire upon the earth may find as much already kindled, may find his city bister and sulfurous, pitched and grind. On those suffered banks we sat down and wept. There the prophets, if there had been prophets, would have baptized us in fire. Who says impossible, they fill his mouth with ash. They quench him as if a man could be made steel. A crooked way the world wends, and the rivers, and the prophets. Go down and tell them what you have seen, that the river burned and was not consumed. Boy, I feel really bad about bringing things down. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, that's the end. Thanks for nothing. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was that was beautiful, and also, I'm being sincere. You know, I know we joke around a lot on on this show. No, that was great. I wasn't expecting much. I got to be honest. Yeah. No, no, I was expecting greatness. I would. Dave Lucas, Poet Laureate of Ohio, I was expecting greatness, and you delivered beyond greatness. I'm always happy to help you. Oh, you were doing me a favor now? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm classing up the show a little bit, just like you asked. Oh, man. Did you hear what he does? Thinks he's charity for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Taking, yeah. Slumming. Gonna go, you know. 
See the riffraff and what they're doing, the uneducated masses. Yeah, why don't you go uh, have some crudité or whatever you poet laureates do? Right. Disgust me. He's wearing a neck ruff. I'm just going to tell you that right now. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, guys, that was beautiful. Thank you very much. I don't know if you have time. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Dave Lucas. Can you call back later tonight with a poem that you've written about this show, or do you have other stuff going on? Uh, you could call back I'm, next week. I call back another another week. Give me Ooh. time to work, okay? I yeah, yeah. I'll give you a few weeks. Like call call back soon. Soon. Yes. Soon. D- d- hey, poet laureate, uh, Dave Lucas. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Do you hear that? That's a truck. Here or there? It just went out back, but very oh. loud. Because the door's open. Yeah. I, I open the door because it's No, that, that's here at the sports bar. I'm yeah. easily faked out by sounds here that I think are on your end, but they're not. <clears throat> uh, Dave, Dave Lucas, Poet Laureate of Ohio. Where can people, is there a website where you uh, laureate out or whatever? Well, I'll tell you about the, the thing that I'm working on, which is a, a column called Poetry for People Who Hate Poetry. Um, going to come out once a month in a few different places across ohio um if you if you search that phrase poetry for people who hate poetry and my name dave lucas you'll find a few different uh places where it's published um what i'd like to try to do with it is to demystify what poetry is because i think that a lot of people who think that they don't like it really do like it they just don't know that what they like necessarily is poetry it's like jazz totally yeah 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 well, thank you. You've elevated this program. Thank you. And every person listening to it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always happy to talk with you. See, there's the... Con- do, you, do you hear that, James? It's condescending, isn't it? Uh, a little bit. It's, it's a little really condescending. Good. It's really good because you can't... It's so it's subtle. It's very subtle. It's like, it's like a you know, poison the- dart that no one sees coming, but I feel <laughs> it. I feel it. Yeah, I was just—I was just about to—I was just about to invite you out for dinner at Brennan's, and this is what I get condescending. At Brennan's, Brennan's, Brennan's. It's not Brennan's anymore, by the way. What Brennan's? No, it's Tavern Company. No, 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 Brennan's. No, Tavern Company is across the street from Brennan's Colony. Yeah. No, no, it's not the colony. No, the one—the one—the one one in Grand River. Grand River. All right, we're going to figure this all out. Oh, I, I, I know what you're talking. I know exactly where you're talking about, and I accept that invitation. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. This was uh, this this really not a dry seat in the house. I think I speak for <laughs> Des when I say that. Yeah. Here either. <laughs> all right. Thanks, all right, thanks Thank guys. You. All right. Bye bye. Good night. See you, man. It's always nice to hear from Joe Tate. What a couple of jerks. And he's always got such surprises <laughs> with him. No, they, that was a delight. Let's. The number here is 2 We should probably play the K.K. Downing interview soon. Cue that up. Right? Yeah. I'm a little nervous because I've never played a, lo- a lengthy taped interview. Yeah, you'll be fine. You and get uh, a drink. I'll get something to drink. And I'll we'll, we'll I'll dive in heavy into the chat room. Maybe I'll do an an uh, a real time discussion of the interview. An AMA about your interview. And an as AMA, it plays. yeah, about 
the, my interview with KK Downing as it plays, and then an AMA about anything else sure. also. So let's get let's answer these calls. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? This is uh, ninety one one. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Who's calling? Hey, what's going on? It's Omari. Omari. Uh, I had called a couple of weeks ago. I had been meeting the. Yes, Omari, you're at the Seven Eleven. I was at the Seven Eleven. Yeah. But you're not currently at the Seven Eleven. No, before we were at this really terrible Taco Bell. It's the worst Taco Bell in New Jersey. That's, That's a, a bold statement. That is a bold statement. No, nah, it's a, the worst Taco Bell in New Jersey. What? What? The worst Taco Bell? In... It's definitely the worst one. Okay. I was there with Pat Piff and LeBron John. Le- and what happened was we how wanted many... to put in multiple orders. Wait, and they said, oh, we want to do one through the drive-thru. Wait, so but how... my friend Pat Piff, he had been working hard today. And he had no time for that. What? So he said, you know what? Later for this, I'm going to drive around three times. I don't care. Because all three of us are getting food today. Wait, why couldn't you just place one order for tacos? Well, you know what? Sometimes when you've worked as hard as he has, you just want convenience. It's America. It's not fair. You should get one order. You Wait. should be able to get more than one order. It's 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 uh it's it's criminal. All of the other tacos you can do there. Wait, and I'm... they 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 were out of menu items. They, they were running out of food. Wait, I'm, wait, slow down, slow down. I'm confused. Des, do you understand the scenario? I think the Taco Bell counter would not serve him more than one order at a time. One, we were in the drive-thru. In the drive-thru. So don't, when you drive through a drive-thru, you just say all the stuff you want, and that's the order, no? That's fair. But they were also running out of food. They didn't have half of the things that we wanted. This does sound like a really bad Taco Bell now that I'm It hearing. is the worst Taco Bell in New Jersey, and it's probably the newest one. Which Taco Bell is this? What uh, what town, at least? It's, it's on Springfield Avenue in Irvington. Uh, yeah. Okay, you heard it here. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, you know, put any sort of hex, Dave Hill hex on this place, but then again. Sounds like they're taking care of that themselves. You're messing with Amari here, who... Uh, uh, is an MVP new caller. You got to take the ride down to Morris Avenue. Just keep on going. Yeah, that's what we should have did. We should have went to Morris Avenue. Are you from the area? How did you know that? I know Union County, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's cool. I mean, that's fair. But I mean, you know how I feel about customer service, you know? It's important. You know how I feel about uh, things being available when they should be. It's, it's uh, you know, it's not cool. But right. on another note, uh yeah, how you guys been? Really great. Thanks for asking, Des. I'm I'm great. Thank you. Yes. What's going on with the show? What are y'all doing tonight? Well, moments from now, uh, we've been taking phone calls, and uh, I'm gonna play. An, I interviewed KK Downing from Judas Priest last week, and we're gonna play that on the air shortly. Are you? Uh, yeah, I heard that you were playing a taped interview. Who's the guest? K.K. Downing from Judas Priest. Are you a Judas Priest fan? How did you get a, a person from Judas Priest? I, they, uh, his publicist called the station or emailed the station, and they, uh, they said that I was the guy to talk to him. So I did. You must be the guy. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it in my voice, right? I can tell when you walk down the street that the sidewalk rumbles. Yeah. That's true. Thank from the you. from the heft. 
from, the, from the, the, the sheer heft what, of you... your being the man. Oh, okay. I thought you were calling me a large man. <laughs> no, man. I have no idea. You don't. You don't sound fat. I mean, some people do. Some people don't. I don't know. You know who has the best voices? Is big girls. Big girls. Big no, girls have true. the sexiest voices. It's true. Everyone knows it's true. I'm. I'm just gonna take you at your word. It's yeah. It's true, man. But uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, share uh, the you know the indignation that we were feeling. Uh, you know. Uh, hold on one moment. Sounds like they're going through the bell again. I was outraged. Wait, who's this now? This is Amari's friend? This is, this is Pat Piff from Ray Liotta Town. Union. P- P- wait. Yeah, Union, New Jersey. How'd you know that? Ray Liotta's a legend. And the name is Pat Piff? Yeah, this is Pat Piff. First name Pat, second name Piff? Right. That's a pretty cool name. I couldn't really hear that, but I think it sounded cool. I think so. Yeah, word, word. So now we had a better Taco Bell in downtown Newark, and they have everything we want. The locals tacos, they didn't have that in Irvington. The caramel, what's it called? They didn't have that in Irvington. Wait, you're getting dessert at Taco Bell? One-stop shop, I don't know. They, I don't know. My friend, he you know... LeBron John, he, he ordered some caramel. I didn't even know empanada. I didn't even know they had this thing at Taco Bell. He's a trailblazer. They didn't have it. They were like, oh, we're sorry. We don't have it. Well, thank God. And then God. they had this thing. You can only take one order per car. So yeah. I said, oh, I got you. I drove around three times. And each time we drove around, they didn't have what we wanted anyway. Wait, I don't understand. Why wouldn't you? So you guys wanted to order and pay th- on three separate checks is that what you're saying no i didn't want uh, yeah 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 yes that's exactly what i wanted okay i and they were like oh no you have to all put it on the same tab you know I'm i like, look what is this i did not you know? expect to this? side with taco bell on this call really that's what you're gonna <laughs> but do? i have to say i'm gonna back them up i should just pay all the while expensive is just get it Pat Piff was working all day. He, you know, he's I not know. just buy dinner for everybody. I'm just saying, if if it's twenty seven dollars, that you, then you say, all right, Pat Piff, you owe seven, Amari owes ten, and the mystery third guy, but LeBron then, John. But then they had to figure out with what they didn't have in stock, like who ordered what, and now take this three dollars off because they didn't have the chalupa that okay, I wanted. Okay, now, now. Now exactly. that I'm hearing it, now exact that I'm he- now that I'm hearing it, exactly. okay, for point. I'm going back. I'm siding with the uh, complaint, the plaint, complainants. Yes, uh, Amari, LeBron, John, and Pat Piff. Right, right, right. Collectively known as the Irvington Three. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not from Irvington. Okay, where are you from? Nah, 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 nah. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me break it down to you how the towns go. Okay. Well, you know we are, we're only on till midnight, but go ahead. All right. So you you have Union, Ray Liotta Town. Sure. Okay. The next town over is Maplewood. Mm-hmm. They're Maplewoodians. Anyone will tell you that. Sure. I'm not fighting you on that. They have they have beautiful women. Okay. Why and, now? Why is that? What is it about Maplewood 
Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like they have very beautiful women in Maplewood and South Orange. Uh, I have no idea what it is. You know, like educated. You know, clean shaven. <laughs> uh, now, when you say you know, symmetrical uh, face, you're know? really ticking all my boxes here. He's not lying. Clean shaven. Yeah. What does that mean? That could mean anything. I mean, you know, the, the, they're just, they look good. They're better looking over there. Like, you know, Columbia High School, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was in high school. You know, West Orange High School, Montclair High School. Columbia High School had the best, then Montclair, then West Orange. You know? Does this check out, Des? According to my research, when, yes. When you say, when you say Irvington, oh, come on. We don't. You can't put a union person in the same category as somebody from Irvington, because there's a lot of swamp donkeys over there. That's basically it. You know, the STD rate is through the roof over there. <laughs> what swamp? So it's like, yo, we we done saved up. Our parents saved up and moved out of Irvington and all this. And so, you know, it's not that that you're better. It's just that. You know, just just throwing everybody in the same loop, like swamp. you know. I didn't know think anything would call, come up when I, when you said swamp donkey, but a lot of stuff comes up. In, in for swamp donkey? Yeah, it's a very, uh, not these are not my words. A very ugly, usually fat girl who hangs around in bars and clubs, waiting to sexually assault males who are too drunk to defend themselves. <laughs> <laughs> this, this. Okay, yeah, so maybe not. Okay, so maybe not. Okay, okay. Wow, this is. Yeah, I'm I, I don't know about that one. Maybe not. Maybe not. But, you know. The thing about Irvington yeah, yeah. is if you're in Irvington, you want to get out quick. All right, yeah. well. Yeah. No. I'm learning a lot on this call. Let me be clear. Unless you're at the after-hours spot or you're at the ship club, you know. True. There's cool things in Irvington. You know, I like to stay and hang out sometimes. You know, you go to see the strippers, then the ship club calls, then you go to the after-hours, and then you say, what's up to the strippers again? It's cool, you know, sometimes on the weekend. Irvington's all right, you know. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say all that. They have. They have good-looking women and everything. My man. mind is racing right now. You're still on the swamp donkey. Uh, I'm just excited. <laughs> I feel like we're on a new. Uh, I feel like a, a shot of adrenaline. The door has opened. Yeah, like a whole world is opening up to me right now. You should get a merch. Swamp donkey merch. That's well, this is what I'm say. thinking. I'm the trying whole world to think. Is opening up, but they open up their legs, man. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I'm re. Uh, we need to think of a fundraising, uh, uh, something we can do here at the station. Starring may not be the word I'm looking for, but with Amari, LeBron, John, and Pat Piff, front and center. We fill the place with swamp donkeys, <laughs> whatever that means. Okay. F- f- swamp donkeys and free Taco Bell, but one of the good ones, the Maplewood Taco Bell. Okay. What is it? When, when it comes in 2024. We can't wait that long. 
This North Taco Bell is good. They they got it. They they had it, and it looks nice. The the wait the Taco Bell in in Maplewood. No, we're we're, in, there we're in Newark. You're in Newark. How many Taco yeah. Bells do you hit in one night? Dude, this is... Well, because Springfield Avenue is like the thoroughfare, you know. You can go to Newark, Irvington, Maplewood, Union, and Springfield in, you know, probably about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It's two Taco Bells in every town. It's a Union County rule. That's actually three. That's actually <laughs> okay. three in Springfield Avenue. Yeah, off of Springfield Avenue. Because the Morris Avenue one is, is not far from Springfield Avenue, I think, Wait, where they cross. I don't, you know, I'm just scanning at the uh, the chat room, the message board, and someone, I'm not even going to say who said this. And uh, I'm going to ask you, Amari, LeBron, John, Pat Piff, but someone is saying to me, or t- to the rest of the chat room, Dave doesn't have the soul to hang with this crew from Union. <laughs> yeah, that's they what I said. That we don't have the soul, or no, y'all don't have the soul. No, they're Is saying the that. Soul they're saying that I don't have the soul to hang with you guys, and I couldn't. Oh. I, but you know, see, the funny thing about that is, is soul is just a weird euphemism for blackness. No, why? So, that's I mean, not how I took you know, it. No, there's no prerequisite amount of blackness you have to possess to hang out with us. It's cool, man. We're we're all right. That's what Jedi. I'm saying. We Jedi. You guys we read could... a lot of books and go to Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> See, I'm I'm down for that. I'm all, I'm all in. The strip clubs, Barnes and Noble, Taco, Taco Bell. Bell in Newark, 7-Eleven. I just don't like this the accusation. Force is my ally. What'd you say? The force is my ally. That yeah. was LeBron John. He doesn't he doesn't yeah, speak too much. LeBron John's the quiet storm of the bunch, and I like it. You gotta have him. No, or, but someone, someone, like someone in the chat room doesn't think that I have what it takes to hang with you guys. But I, I say that I do. I say that you do too. If there's a chat room word, that would be funny to look at. <laughs> oh, look, it's on fire! Someone just said. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I, Are I, there I, archives of these chats, or once it's not live, you can't read no, it? No, there are archives. It's there. If oh, cause I want to. Is it on the website? Cause I want to. I want to see the chat when we're on. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's there. If you search, just search WFMU Goddamn Dave Hill, and it'll take you to the the homepage for the show. Yeah, or, or email me Dave at DaveHillOnline dot com. I'll send you the link. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, I'll email you for sure. And M- Ms. Sim said the event that I've described, the one where Omari the Swamp Donkey hit, Party, the Swamp Donkey Party. Swamp Donkey Party. Uh, someone, Miss Sims says she'll fly ac- across the country for that event. So there's a lot of enthusiasm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, this has got legs. Wow, that'd be great, man. We could uh, we could try to do something to help the, all of the swamp donkeys out there. <laughs> Our hearts go out to them. Um, Aren't we you know, all? Because they are never far from our mind. Because they are always uh, not uh, too uh, difficult to access. You know, sometimes you need a swamp donkey in your life. Hell never, yeah! Never. <laughs> yeah, you don't need swamp donkeys or damn, girls from Urban donkey. Never yeah. do you need them. You, you need a nice class. You man. want it, but you don't need it. I promise you that. So you just gotta, yeah. I'm with you. Well, I, I'm excited. Oh, we gotta. You know, she, she has to at least be like 
six foot, you know? To be a swamp donkey? Yeah, that's LeBron John. I don't know what he's talking about. But. Well, don't count out LeBron John. I feel like, you know. No, we never count out LeBron John. He's the man. He gets all the girls. Because he looks like LeBron. And his name is John. Oh, so, wait, it's yeah, Le- LeBron. It's, yeah. Le- I mean, I, like, the only thing that's, like, missing is a low cut, you know. But, uh, wait, yeah, I, I am LeBron John. But LeBron I'm John. Me terrible. too. Me too. I'm the worst. Yeah, but the defense is always strong, you know. Oh yeah, the tenacity, intangibles. <laughs> now, <laughs> all of those things they don't keep statistics of. Exactly. Yeah, I'm that's right. <laughs> now, John uh, goes on the court. Nick, they call him Team Ball. Nick Nick Miller says if if the guys want to go to a great Taco Bell they got to hit Hermitage Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, that seems like a bit of a drive to me. Where? Hermitage Pennsylvania. He says Hermitage. there's a good Oh, yeah. Okay. That seems too far. I'm going to call uh I'm going to shoot that one down. What town is that? Well, if it's if it's a particularly good Taco Bell you should ask him to bring it to us. Road trip. Okay, Nick Miller, you heard it. Omari, LeBron John, and Pat Piff are all requesting. You bring it to them. Hermitage is best. That's what he's saying. That's the chatter. No, that we live that Harry and Kumar White Castle life every day. Every day for us is a vacation, and that's how life is supposed to be. You only live once. I love it. I love these guys. And then you die. That's cool, though. This Well, yeah. If you do it right. Listen, uh, can you please call back every week? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm down. Yeah. Okay. I'll be honest. Sometimes <laughs> I am so fake <laughs> that I go on 99.1. I'm like... You know, I don't have any problem with Christian music, but, you know, I'm like, oh, this is not what I was looking for. So if I'm not in the direct vicinity of Omari, it doesn't happen. So we need to set, like, an alarm um, every Monday, 10 o'clock. 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock every Monday. Now, you know, you've... I tried to call you guys on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's your problem. The show's not on then. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> you guys, you guys have given me new life. Oh yes, Word. you given but me right, reason so you to, go to go on. To the music break or well, the interview break? Yeah, we got to go to the interview break. Otherwise, never because it's a long one. But all right, cool, man. Enjoy your uh, your radio programs. Thank Good luck. Can you call back in in one hour? Call back in an hour. Uh, we may not be hanging. Can't promise. All right, you know you've you've given I, us so much already. I don't know. Maybe I might call. All right. We'll, no. we'll, 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 we'll see, but we're definitely going to aim for next Monday. All right. Omari, All right. Uh, Pat uh, Piff. Good interview, man. That's, I'm surprised. So you got him to come to your studio? No, no. I talked to him on the phone. He lives in England. That's really cool, though, man. Like, that's an achievement as a radio person. I know y'all have been Thank on you. for a long time. I kind of looked it up a little bit. But still, that's, that's dope, man. That's, that's you know, that's, that's, that's a real... Real person interview. That's that's good. Good kudos. To you yes, all. thank you. 
No problem, oh. man. Have a good night, y'all. All right. Later, man. Thanks. Hey, good night, guys. Dude. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Those guys are incredible. And Dave B. in Staten Island has uh, drawn an incredible drawing swamp of swamp donkeys. Yeah. I'm going to retweet that. Uh, I already did. So that oh, you already did. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to grab these calls real quick, and then we have to we got to get to the K.K. Downing interview. you got a little more Twitter reach than I do, yeah. though, so maybe you should give it a blast. Hello, you're on the air. Dave? Are you still there? I'm here. Who's calling? Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Who, who is this? Bill. Oh, Bill Dolan? Yeah, i got to say, that was the best Judge Kavanaugh call I've ever heard. Right <laughs> <laughs> best Judge Kavanaugh call? He's he's rocking. Yeah, he's bringing a lot of heat. Where where are you? Are you in Hoboken? He likes beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the road. I'm on the road. Uh, I'm on Route 22. I'm supposed to meet those guys uh, <laughs> at the Charlie Brown at the Salad Bar. Oh man! Yeah. I would be if I. Uh, that's what we should have done. We should have set up a, a meetup for the. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I'm reinvigorated. Maybe they'll call back in an you hour know. and set it up then, or maybe next week. Hopefully, there's, I'm. There's a great White Castle on Route 22, uh, eastbound in Union. Actually, I, I, I didn't hear <laughs> if they mentioned that. They didn't. There, it was all Taco Bell tonight. We should do a meetup soon, though. Maybe. Taco Bell, Taco we, Bell meetup. Well, we have to. I'm. I've completely. Uh, I've. I'm, I've. This has been the shot in the arm I needed. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Uh, what? what where are you, Bill? I'm in Asbury Park, New Jersey, tonight. Oh, beautiful this Sweet. time of year. It really is. Nice. Um, a lot of things going on. Yeah. However, I wanted to, he was talking a big game about South Orange, West Orange, and the oranges. And I've had some uh, some some gutter experiences there, so it was uh, interesting. To, well, bringing that up. Hopefully, they'll call. Uh, Next week, and uh, we can get you on with them. And I want them to call all the time. One of my favorite, though, Bunny's Pizza, South Orange Avenue, South Orange. So we used to skip school all the time and go drinking there. And uh, there was one time where I was having a serious conversation with the uh, bartender at age 16, and uh, while pissing on the floor at the same time. So I'm not proud of it, but. Braggart. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to ever be a, a, a Supreme Court justice. Hey, don't rule it out. It seems like everyone gets a shot at it. Thank you. Um. Do you lift? All right. Yeah. Do you lift? Got to lift if you want to be on the court. He loves to lift. He loves to schedule. He, he excessively schedules and documents. So I feel good about that. These are facts. Um, I'm a little bit more spontaneous. Well, Bill Dolan, I gotta I gotta play the KK Downing interview. Wishing you the very best of All right, season. thanks for calling. It's Joe Frank. Oh, we, I didn't get to tell my joke. Hello, you're on the air. <laughs> Hello. Who's calling? You know who? Come on. Who is this? Where are you? At? What's going on? Who? Who the? Um... This well. This. Had me right when I was reaching for. Uh, oh, it's Nils. Yeah, totally. 
Was he doing an impression, Neil? Were you doing it like disguising no, your no, voice? I, I was in total agony right there. I was like reaching for a smoke, <sighs> like listening to the friggin' brilliance, friggin' brilliance of the last half hour. Like the gentleman, and then like wow, I guess everything's post glorious. Right. Post. I mean, who in damn wants to? Anyways. Yeah, you got me in pure agony, like totally stretching. Well, I hope I hope you're all right. Mm, hold on. There's yes, a, I'm good. a lot of heat mm. coming down the pike tonight. I'll say that. It's been sexy. It's been like a, your show has been so fiery of late. Like it's not really that I'm uh, intimidated by like your ultra brilliance. In talking to humans, it's that, you know, why ever go near something so effing perfect? Well, you know, Nils, you're uh, you're on the short list of MB- MVP callers, as you know. The show's so, been uh, done from your garage, Nils. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that regardless, I'm just like, I'm like uh, really happy that uh, somehow, hold on. I, I I wonder, does the technology exist for us to do the show in a car with Omari, LeBron John, and Pat Piff driving to Taco Bell's along New Jersey, what's it called, the Turnpike, or no? Twenty. I don't think they have any on the Turnpike, but the... I, j- I just did it last weekend. We'll call it All the right. highways of New Jersey. All right, you're right. Murray and his like his friends, LeBron, John, they could like totally we could just like fill a perfect little super quality van, drive across this continent, around and around, and just yeah, totally massive. Well, yeah, well, I don't know what the word is like. I think the technology you're looking for is a cell phone, Dave. Okay, that's what that's what I'm asking. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just it just blasted it. It's in. gonna happen. Okay, this is good. Well, Nils, I gotta play this KK Downing interview because it's it's really long. It's gonna turn into a two part. And at I this almost point. I, yeah, I almost maybe we should do it in two parts. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Well, I'm gonna play at least a nice chunk of it. Maybe I'll play the other half next week because. Uh, we have a lot. This we have a lot of heat coming down the pike. Yeah, I almost hate to stop, but I've I've already tweeted it out. Yeah, so and yeah. it's the my amazing legendary KK Downing. So sure. I'm also looking forward to it. My only reservation, as I said earlier in the show, I was really intimidated. I don't get intimidated often, but I was, and I feel like you can hear it in my voice. Uh, and with that, priest. awesome. Yeah, it's sweet. So, Niels, call back when we take a break. Friggin' A. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> Later. All right. Bye-bye. See you, man. Niels from Merrickville. Uh, where Where is Ing Dave been? If we got Ing Dave back on the phone, we would just be... Uh, the, full circle. Everything would just explode. But let's... I'm going to play at least... Maybe we'll split it out over a couple weeks. We'll see. 
I uh, this is my last week. Thanks to Joel here at the station for hooking me up with KK Downing from Judas Priest, good uh, legend, heavy metal god, uh, who has a new book, Heavy Duty Days and Nights in Judas Priest, which is a great book. I'm almost done with it. It's a very sad point in the book because he's quit Judas Priest mm. at this point. So let's let's play it. And then, um, and then we'll come back. Discuss and drive. Yeah, we'll discuss a bit, and maybe we will. I think that's probably a good idea to split it up. Okay. And uh, what if this is KK calling right now? I guess we can't know. Oh, we we lost. That was KK. Okay, so this is the interview from last Wednesday. I did this. And uh, you, you can hear, I basically sound like a scared 15-year-old the entire time. But I, I'm not embarrassed. We'll be back in a little bit here on the goddamn Dave Hill Show. This is me talking to K.K. Downing from Judas Priest. Uh, I hope you enjoy it so much. And we'll, we're going to come back and chat. And uh, hopefully Omari, LeBron John, and Pat Piff. Is it Pat Pip or Piff? Piff. Piff, that's Dude, right. Piff, yeah. Sorry, Pat Piff, if you're uh, there, uh, and I mispronounce it. Anyway, here's me and KK Downing for a bit, and then we'll come. I think we'll, we will split it up in two. When if, okay, oh, this is Dave. Okay, thanks. Hello? Hello, is this KK? Yes, is this Dave? Yeah, Dave. How, you, how doing? you doing, Dave? Good, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to say hi to you and, uh, and obviously um, and reach out to all of the uh, people and listeners that haven't seen or heard of me for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm really excited to have you, uh, have you on. Uh, I'm loving your book. I, I'm about. Uh, I'm, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yes, fine, Dave. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving your book. Congrats on it, by the way. Oh, thanks very much, Dave. It's really great. I read uh I read so many uh so many rock books and metal and music books out there and uh it's really one of the best best I've ever read. It's it's uh I'm really loving it. I'm about halfway through, so I'm excited. Uh, I'd hope to. I just got it the other day. I'd hope to finish it before I spoke to you, but now I'll have the the added bonus of uh, your insights to in my head as I as I'm right. You're working on point of entry at this point in the story. Right, got you, got you, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I'm really loving it. And uh, and um, w- one thing that struck me is that, you know. Well, first of all, I love I love reading. I was just telling a friend I love reading about. Uh, it seems there's a similar story of like like so much great music coming from from the Midlands in England. And um, and what do you think is what do you think it is about that that part of the country? I mean, and, and you know, going, you know, and even further north, there's just so much. I mean, there's great music that came out of London, but like. Just something about that, uh, the Midlands. Is there anything to it, you think? Um, 
It's hard to say, really. The only thing I can say is I think if there's anything relevant, as I kind of do touch on it in my book, I think, is the fact that um, I think there was um, a need... um, and there was a need. Obviously, where I came from was very kind of very industrial, very much working class, and mm-hmm. um, you know, hence they call it the black country because of all the slag heaps and the coal and 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 the foundries in it. And and and, and there's a story: Queen Victoria, who reigned in England, you know, for probably about sixty or seventy years. There's a story that she went through the black country, I think it was by train and um, or on a coach, and uh, and she closed the curtains. <laughs> she chose not to look at it because she thought it was so depressing, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of a bit like that. So we we had the big, the big blues movement that was starting to come really big, you know, in the 60s in the UK. And lots of great artists took to uh, the style of music, Eric Clapton, John Mayo, you know, and all of the, the, the blues and progressive blues groups. But, um, but for myself, I grew up, and, you know, and I was latching on to people like, um, as, as I, I mentioned some names in the book, you know, a couple of songs by the Kinks, the Trogs, the Pretty Things, early Rolling Stones, definitely, you know, very early Hendrix stuff, Purple Haze and, and stuff like that. And and it seemed to me that there was elements of music that was about that wasn't particularly blues-orientated, you know, but had this meaningful kind of um, darkness about it. And, and I was con- convinced in my mind that there was, a, there, there was an element of music that I was always in search of that would yeah. feed the masses in respect of... You know, kind of do do for us young snotty nosed white kids. You know what it was due for the black people in the Mississippi, the Delta, you know, regions and stuff like that, helping them through their daily lives. And yeah. um, and and it and and it wasn't something that was about. It wasn't there like a tap. You couldn't turn it on. You couldn't reach out and touch it. It wasn't there yet. And I think that that's really my inspiration, what I wanted to do and where I was. When I first started in the late 60s, you know, writing songs, you know, with the original singer Alan Atkins, you know, it, was, it wasn't blues. It wasn't about that for me. It was about something that was a bit more kind of punchy and aggressive, um, you know, something along those lines. And so it's kind of an interesting thing out me as a kid you know, and a late developer in, in, in respect of music, had this entity in my brain that if we were going to do something, it needed to be um, needed to be kind of uh, researched, really. And I spent yeah. most of my early days doing that. But I was in a happy place. I was still quite happy with what we were producing musically. Yeah. And it was very, very befitting for a lot of people in, you know, in the in the early seventies when we started to release records. There was people around there like me that got it, you know, uh, not in droves and masses, but slowly and steadily it built and it built, and we gained momentum, you know, and other bands started to hear us, to serve us, and. Um, and um, 
you know, kind of latch onto onto really where we were going. You know, yeah. so uh, it was good and and great times, great times. Very very privileged to have been around, been born when I was, been around to uh, not just witness, be a, be a part of the evolution of uh, these great genres of music that we yeah, we know of today. And what was that like? Yeah. You know, you talk about in your book, you know, you came, it sounds like your upbringing was, was very hard, like with your, with your father, especially having, you know, it sounds like he had some, some mental yeah, illness and, and, uh, <laughs> and so you yeah. got out of there really young and what, what, what was it like after, you know, things started being successful with the band? Did you keep in touch with your parents at all or did you ever get a, their reaction to... No, I kind of, um, with my mom, yes, you know, uh, with my dad, no, we parted ways a long, long time ago, you know, yeah. and, uh, and and that was it, but obviously I still stayed in touch with my mom, mom was my, although she was incredibly uh, weak, you know, in, and in such a very weak situation, she was my comfort blanket, you know, somewhere to run and, yeah. somebody to run and cry to. Um, <laughs> but I knew that she was wouldn't wasn't really able to to help in the way that I needed to. And so I mean the, probably the best part for me, Dave, of, of doing a book is really I was kind of interested in telling and sharing my story with other people because I know there's gazillions of other people that had it just as bad if not a whole lot worse. As, um, as me, but if there's um, if there's a message in the book, really, especially the early part of the book, there is, you know, um, if you guys, if anybody's out there and you're in a quagmire, you're in a relationship, whether it's parents or, or whatever type of relationship, it could be working relationship, any relationship, if you're in a quagmire, you know, I mean, um, don't suffer, you know, get the hell out of there. That's what you need to do. Yeah. And I think that that's mom because it's not going to get any better. With me, if it doesn't get better in 15 years, it's only going to get worse is what I think. So right. I had to jump, I had to jump ship. And, um, because before you get too contaminated because you're so influenced as a youngster, it can rub off you. And before you know it, you know, you can be, a strange person yourself going yeah. through life, and hopefully I'm not that, you know. So <laughs> what I did, I said, right, I don't care. I'm going to sweep the streets, clean toilets. I don't care. I'm going to get out there, put a roof over my head, look after myself, and um, and and mix with normality. And that's what I did. Yeah. And of course, I found I found music, which is became not just my salvation, became completely my religion because. We have to understand as well. I keep growing up in that environment. You don't, you don't, you don't become a religious person, right? Because nobody's introducing you to religion. Nobody's showing you religion. Nobody's advocating any of the good things that can come from it. So you, it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you go out there and you either. Um, turn to crime and drugs or whatever else, and that becomes your religion, or you turn to music or you, you do, or, or maybe you can become something really good at something, you know, um, maybe a designer of something, you know, maybe 
uh, an architect or something, yeah. and, and that could have that could have become my salvation and my religion. But I didn't know what re- religion was, and, t- and to this day, it's something that I haven't been able to take on board as an individual. You know, you know, and um, and you get a different outlook on life and everything. I mean, to me, everything. Everything that was good on the planet, whether it was an individual or a, a beautiful sun, summer's day, you know, or, uh, you know, nice wild animals roaming on the safari, you know, all of that's religious to me. Anything that's good yeah. has religious content, yeah. you know, um, and, and so people that appreciate good things have potential to be religious, whether they're actually... God fearing or not, you know. So it's something I don't delve into in the book. But um, I think the main point is when you have it rough as a kid, it's hard. You know, you have to find some alternative um, to um, to give you guidance and comfort and and something that's um, spiritual. And to me, going to <laughs> go to rock festival, music festival, that was that was great. You yeah, know, I'm meeting absolutely. all those like-minded people, like-minded people, you know, and it's a massive gathering. It's something that was very, very enjoyable and something we could share together, yeah. you know. And, um, and I do believe today that, um, you know, without going on too much about it, but... Music is the one thing that is, to me, completely religious because it brings more people together from different walks of life than, 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 you know, something that we have in common than anything else. And I can safely say that because I've traveled the world, played all of these different different countries, and the one common denominator that we have is, is music brings us all together in a place and that we can really enjoy the moment together with as strangers, you know. So. Yeah, and it, what, you said something interesting also, like in in your in yours in the band, you know, Judas Priest search to you know create this music. I think heavy metal more than any, you know, you, like you you were saying, you wanted to make music that would touch regular like the working class and all that. And what do you think it is about? Because I I do find that it's still to this day with metal, you know, even as big as it's gotten that. You know, Metallica and bands like that. You know, being one of the biggest bands on the planet, it still ha- retains that quality of of being. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a working class product because it stand it came from that. You know, um, is what I think. Um, but because of what we went through in the seventies and the eighties, and and essentially, you know popularizing a very, very important, you know, genre of music, you know, rock and metal. Um, that because through success, you know, and acceptance, you know, on the radio waves, MTV, whatever it is. Um, but I've got my own theory anyway, uh, Dave, is the fact that, you know, most of the people now that are kind of, you know, older, middle-aged or even older like me, we're all fans and remember all of that when we were rock kids and it wasn't that desirable on the planet, the music that we knew and loved, yeah. you know, but but now we're older people, we, you know, family orientated, maybe we run businesses, whatever we do, but we take our music with us through life, you know, um, and, and for that reason, it seems to have uh, got 
more popular and even commercialized to an extent just simply because older people still know, love it, respect yeah. it, adhere to it. And, and, and these older people wear suits and ties to go to work, you know, in the workplace. Yeah. You know, and I meet these people all of the time, all of the time, yeah. you know. Um, you know, if, I mean, I'll, I'll do a book signing in Nottingham uh, next week, and nice. I know that there's people going to be coming in with tie and a suit and a shirt, probably yeah. take the tie off. They're going to be coming straight from work, you know, for the book signing and stuff like that. And I know these people, you know, they've yeah. taken their music with them through life. Yeah. And that's the really cool aspect of the whole thing. Absolutely. And and what do you think? Because, you know, as I've been been reading the book, um, I mean, you know, people credit Black Sabbath with, with creating heavy metal. But I, I really think Judas Priest, like you guys, focused it and took it to a place, I mean, that that no one else did and like really defined it even visually more so than any other band. What What do you think... You know, ha- having done that, and then then you have all the bands that came after you. You know, taking things. You know, you have like after the Nawabum bands. Uh, you 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 know, you have like Venom, and then now you have all these. You know, some years later, then you have like the Norwegian black metal, and how yeah to see like what what you guys created, and then see it see all the many crazy directions it's it's gone. Um, how does that feel? That must be pretty wild. Yeah, it's fantastic, really. It's it's gone to where it has, you know. Um, I mean, just touching on Black Sabbath, I can remember it well. I mean, we were doing a lot of gigs as Judas Priest, playing the style of music that we play that was pretty dark, and, um, you know, the stuff that we were doing... Um, and pretty kind of, you know, we were playing songs like uh, Run of the Mill and Never Satisfied and uh, Winter Winter Retreat and stuff like that. And, um, and 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 even Victim of Changes we were playing, even though it was called it was called something else at the time. But all of these songs were were a specific kind of had a specific kind of flavour, you know, yeah. because. I was there. Then when I heard Black Sabbath's album, it was no surprise because there was a few bands around at the time that were kind of doing that kind of, can I say, kind of Stonehenge, kind of ritualistic, kind of Satan type of music as well. Um, there's one band called Witchfinder, I think. Um, Witchfinder General. There's a few bands. Sorry? Witchfinder General, right? There was a, yeah, I can't remember. I, 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 there was a few bands out there um, that were doing uh, that sort of thing. But when I heard Sabbath, I thought, great, it's great. This is, like, refreshing, you know, because it's not the blues thing and progressive blues and all of that, you know. But I wasn't the biggest fan. I liked it. I really liked it. But I wasn't the biggest fan to start with as because I was kind of going down my own road, you know, mm-hmm. I was still had the remnants of the people that I was, that, that inspired me, you know, like early Hendrix. Yeah. And, uh, uh, early, you know, the, the, uh, you know, and, and the cream thing as well, because improvisation was big. I loved improvisation. Yeah. I thought that that's how it used to be. Yeah. You know, you because t- that's what... The, 
You talk about that a lot. You talk about that a lot with your solos. That uh, there, you know, you you improvise a lot more. I think more so than a lot than a lot of other players in metal have. You know, you, you, yeah, because Hen- Hendrix was a past master at it, and so was like Eric Clapton and Cream. And to me, that was very influential in the early days. You know, and I thought these guitar gods. You know, I mean, if you if you when we came on the phone to start with, I said, Dave, great, great to meet you. Name the two biggest guitar players that you think have, have ever walked the planet. You would probably say Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton, probably. You might I not. would say Hendrix. I, I like, well, Clapton's a whole other thing. I feel like he dropped off pretty far for my taste, but that's a whole other yeah. conversation. <laughs> but but, what, but yeah. he, what he actually what he actually did with the cream was pretty innovative. He was it? great. Yeah, he was great with with cream and and the, you know what he what he did with cream because I, like I say when 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 I stopped becoming uh, I stopped being a Clapton fan when he split up with Cream, but I'm not going to forget the concerts I saw with what he actually did and what yeah. he actually brought to the table. You know because it did cause a lot of musicians to um to to um transition from blues to progressive blues yeah you know um clapton and cream were quite responsible for doing stuff like that you know for for that transition i think really causing things you know the the next step in the evolution um but but yeah so um those guys you know, used to uh, improvise a lot, and I always thought, well, that's what great musicians do, jazz, fusion, whatever. Yeah. You know, so why can't rock musicians improvise? I thought that that's, that's kind of how it was meant to be. So I actually did that in a recording studio as well when I put down yeah. Victim of Change, Sinner, The Rage, you know, songs like that. I would just go in there and... Um, and just improvise. Yeah. And uh, I was proud to be able to do that because it's a step ahead of the game if you can stand up there in front of thousands of people and and just musically improvise what you're doing to entertain people. It's quite, yeah, it's it's quite a, something. It's pretty awesome. You've got to execute what you're doing in the moment, but you've got to be able to, uh, to hear also what you're actually going to play next. Yeah, so what, I want to ask you one one thing. I was surprised, and and I think most people probably don't know or are fans of Judas Priest is that you, you know, I think most people assume that maybe Rob Halford was responsible for the the lead the black leather look and all that, but it, but you came up with that, mm-hmm. and that and that. I mean, I think that's pretty amazing because in the process you've created the entire the look of. Of metal, metal in general. I mean, that's still. I mean, I I was yeah. just at, at at the Wacken Festival in Germany, and it's just you know, it's like you you basically inspired the fashion of a hundred thousand people that were in this mm-hmm. field. You know, that's pretty yeah, pretty amazing. I mean, you that, and and then just you know, that I mean, that's that's a pretty massive impact, even beyond metal when you think of in terms of like the origins of that look that you created 
and then t- you know got the other guys in the band to do and then it then influences you know the fashion world it's pretty that's that's that must be pretty wild to walk around and be like i came up with that <laughs> you know yeah or does that yeah, even not even occur just, to you it was it, it did yeah and i've always been aware of that but i've always been kind of humble and quiet about it you know and i was just happy that we were who we were and and everybody uh was on board with it because I made a big mistake when I was young and I was a kid and my sisters were listening to like the Liverpool sounds, the Beatles, Jane the Pacemakers and lots of bands you've probably never heard of. But oh. they all wore suits. They all wore suits with the same haircut. Mm-hmm. A lot of these bands did that, you know. And um, and so I always had an adversity to bands looking the same and I think a lot of other guys thought that. So when, when you had... Lots of bands that came out of England at the time Jethro Tull, Free, Taste, Mot the Hoople, whatever it is, Led Zeppelin, whoever it was, they all had a different, um, they they all had their own individualist identity and kind of, that was kind of the route that we went down, trying to steer away from the pop world. But at some point in the mid 70s, None of this was working for me, and I was the music that we're doing, you know, as along those lines, we're creating albums like Tadamese of Destiny, Sin After Sin. We're doing all this stuff, and but but you know, something's missing. We don't look like we sound, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking. Then suddenly, I'm thinking. We need to be in uniform. Judas Priest needs. We will have. A, a, we will be so much more powerful, for want of a better phrase. You know, if we have a uniformity about us, something that's like not military, but like it's a, it's a, like a street it, gang it, almost. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's just a well-oiled machine, that, and we've got. We are, we are connected to each other, you know, um, you know, and 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 I'm thinking I can see now we need to have that uniform look, and it needs to be, you know, out because by the time I was wearing all black and started to add studs, you know, and and more leather, um, I, I felt I felt. Totally transformed. I was, I was the person I always wanted to be mm-hmm. on that stage. You yeah, know? and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if I feel this good, the rest of the guys can feel this good. If we're all together, we we'll all feel that good together as a regiment, as a as a force. Yeah, and and it, and it was kind of unique. At the, it was unique for the time. Yeah, no um, one, had, no one had done it, that. Yeah, so by the time British Steel came around, everything was in place. We had a great album sleeve. We had a great album under our belt. We had all of the look, the leather, because we we had kind of within this uh, concept of dress, I knew that there was lots and lots of different variations that could be had design-wise. And, of course, Rob took, just took the... Uh, the baton and run with it, really, in respect yeah. of that. No, it wouldn't be great to have a museum with all of the stagecoaches. Oh, man. Ever had. I would, I would, I would just, go to that museum. 
Yeah, just Rob's clothes, for example. Oh, um, yeah. In fact, where we grew up in a place called Walsall in the black country, um, Walsall was uh, known for producing leather goods throughout the centuries, saddles and different things, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, they actually they had a museum and they exhibited <coughs> our stage clothes, some of them, you know, yeah. at the Leather Museum and also at the, the Town Hall, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow, that's pretty so, awesome. So that, that's kind of what happened and, um, you know, it, that's kind of how it evolved. But as soon as British Steel came about, uh, metal was consolidated and the rest is history. Yeah. And would you, would, do you have a favorite era of, of Judas Priest? Not really, Dave. I think that it's it's all been my life, you know, and it's and it's all been uh, precious in one way or another, you know, whether it was the 60s, 70s. Um, I have to say the 80s was a, was, I call them the golden yeah, years. You know, really, it's like because M- MTV, uh, you know, and, you know. Everything like... was good. There was such a feel-good factor, lines of girls outside the backstage. I mean, <laughs> every, every week, tons of great bands were coming through, you know. Uh, it was just, um, it was just heaven sent, really, I would imagine, for a, a music fan to be around in the mid let's say, the mid-'80s when you've got such, you know, and I think the economy wasn't too bad. You know, it was before all of that Gulf War stuff started to happen in the mid-'80s, you know, and there was such a good feel factor. Everything was rocking. You know, everything was on number 11, and and it was all good. So it was something pretty special. Um, Sadly, I don't think we'll ever see those days again. I certainly hope we do. Yeah, and I want to ask you before, as a guitar player, I I was thinking about it, and I was on your website looking at at all your flying Vs, and um, and I thought about it, and I was like, I I think KK Downing, you you are, you are the flying V player. Like you're, I can't think of anyone who's more uh, who's defined that inst that guitar more than you like what it is about that guitar that that you, no, you're yeah, so drawn pro- to i probably am the most successful flying v player i'm trying to think if there's anybody else you there's know there's other you know um, but you but you're the you're the guy i think the the one who you know who really yeah, uh, i think I'm, because i'm in a band that's been you know um there's other exclusive players like Michael Schenker, but all around, I think Judas Priest became a bigger outfit with me in it. So people probably do see me as being synonymous with with, with the with the V and um, and the way it's been promoted. And even now, me not being in the band for seven or eight years, the two guys are both playing flying V's. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's it's become you know the. the the, the guitar that's connected to the world of metal, you know, and I'm very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then what? I I know I I only I know I'm I've just I, they told me I only have you for a half hour, so I should probably let you go. Um, no, 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 I think we're we're good for a bit. Let me have a look at the time now, though. Let's see. No, we're good for another ten or fifteen minutes if you want to go on. To oh, a oh, too. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you know now you're so you're you left Judas Priest and now you're what how are you spending your time now you I know you I know you're an avid golfer 
Um, yeah, I don't really play that much. I mean, I love, you know, um, watching it on the telly, but I'm also a tennis fan, snooker, soccer. You know, I'm a quite, you know, I, I can, I like sports a lot. You know, if I put the television on and there's a darts competition, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. Co- Cool with that as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I like I like uh, competitive uh, sports. You know, I can watch most things. I really can, you know, and uh, get enjoyment from it. But um, but yeah, I've been busy with the book. But um, I'm flying to Helsinki in a couple of weeks. I'm going to do a big uh, book signing there. Oh, but nice! I'll, I'll probably jam with a few friends of mine I know over there and. Uh, uh, and record some of it and do some stuff. So, um, oh, I, I like to try, I like to try and help quite a lot of, of bands. I'm involved with a rock venue in the Midlands. We just had Skid Row on there mm-hmm. a few weeks back. It's called KK's Steel Mill. So, trying to get that kind of off the ground and running. Um, I get lots of. I do. I do favors. Friends, if I say, can you play a solo here or a solo there? I've done quite a lot of that. You know, I just re-recorded uh, Beyond the Realms because Les Les Binks asked me to do it. You know, um, so I do things like that. But it is quite time-consuming. Uh, people ask me to form another band with other other good musicians, but. Um, you know, starting over again. Not too sure about that, really. Um, so I'm going to shut myself away this winter in my music, my little studio here, and uh, uh-huh. and see what comes out of it in, in spring sometime, Dave. You know. Nice. And and so you you're uh, you're in Shropshire, right? Yes, I am. Uh huh. And where, where so, that that's that's in the Midlands, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, so it's just kind of to the left of the Midlands. So basically, you know, I can be in the black country. I drive for about 25 minutes, 20 minutes, and then I'm in the black country, the start of the black country, Wolverhampton, Kidderminster, yeah. Slade, you know, Stalebridge. Yeah. You know, the black country is a massive area, you know. It's huge because there's... There's a million towns in, in the black country. Birmingham is the capital, yeah. you know, but then we have West Bromwich, Walsall, Bloxwich, Dudley, Stalebridge, Kidderminster. The city of Wolverhampton is in is in uh, the black country. So we have uh, Cannock, we have Cheslin High, we have all of these massive suburbs. It's, it's, it's huge, you know, so, yeah. um, and so... And it's all very working class. And um, obviously, lots and lots of industry came out there. You know, obviously, we did lots of the early industries from the 1900s, 1800s, was to do with uh, building a lot of things for ships, you know, anchors, chain making, nails, Mm -hmm. you know, um, shovels, tools, and all that sort of stuff. And then, obviously... When when trains came along, we make you know a lot of engines for a lot of things, engine parts, car parts, car factories. Yeah, you know, um, everything and everything really. So um, you know, the the anchor for the Titanic was made. (laughs) <laughs> just just a, spit, a spitting distance from where I was born. Oh, wow. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, and what do you, do you think? Because I, I was thinking when you were talking about growing up and stuff, and like I I come to the UK a few times a year, and I I absolutely love it. But there is something that the Midlands, especially with the, uh, and when you were talking about you know your childhood and you know some of the you know dealing with your father and stuff, and I I I think on top of that, like the there is such like a just with the the weather there as. As rainy and gray as as it is, adds like an extra heaviness to everything. I think. And do do you think yeah. that do you think that's why so many great metal and hard rock bands have come out of the Midlands? Do you think there's anything to uh, that? Yeah, I, I think exactly that. I mean, I think that you know, I mean, I was born just a few years after the war, you know, which was very sinister and and morbid and, and, and you know, times, you know. Um, you know, in particular, you know, in the area where I grew up, because, as you said, you know, the weather's pretty dismal for the most part and, you know, food's scarce and... And there is no, there was no luxuries, you know. You know, my mum, when I was a little kid, my mum used to get me to do things like, you know, go into a, into a cake shop, for example, you know, with sold cakes and bread. Yeah. And she used to, and when I was a little, little kid, cute little kid, five or six years old, she got me to ask the ladies if I could, if, if they had any broken cakes that I could have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, it, and it worked And those ladies. I went, oh, you know, and if they didn't have any broken ones, they, they would break some up and put them in a bag for me, you know. Yeah, and there's stuff like that. What about I? I'm still trying, trying to get wrap my head around all the the p- pie and eel shops. Do you, can you can you stomach any of that stuff? No, that, that was more of a London thing. That oh, was that's London. And it, yeah, that's that's London. That's um, that was pretty odd, you know, eels and that, but but that stems back again, because, I mean, most parts of the country, especially during the wars, we, everybody had it tough, food rationing, you know, so, um, like I say, we were, we were, we were climbing out of the dark ages, you know, in the 50s, when I was, when I was a kid growing up, it was just, it was all about recovery, you know, after... Yeah. You know, you'd walk down the street still and you'd see bomb craters. And, and when I was a kid in the 50s, you know, there was, if you had street lighting, it would probably be gas, you know, not electric and stuff like that. So it was pretty damn uh, dark and dismal. But that's kind of what makes you as a person, I yeah. guess, really. And, and so when when I was... When music came into my life, I was looking, I was looking for you know the textures that would be befitting you know of of my life really at the time. Yeah, and and what? Whereas like the the posh kids, people that did have money, you know, they were there was happiness in the home, there was happiness at school, there was happiness everywhere because shit, they had money, you know, um, and you know. 
um, you know, as soon as they could, they had a brand new bicycle and stuff like that, you know. I mean, I never, I could never afford a bicycle. I, I had to go to scrapyards and, and put a bike together out of scrap pieces, if I, you know, and that's uh-huh. what I did. And what? You know, so, um, so those were the people that more likely were into, you know, I don't know, the Beach Boys and Elvis and <laughs> the Beatles and, yeah. and all of the pop stuff, you know. And then what did it what did it feel like then when when Judas when you Judas Priest is you know you became like a, a massive band to then you're you know you're buying Rolls Royces and you're collecting cars did it did you ever stop and think like oh man I've come a long way yeah it was all hard I think I don't know if I'm saying the book but I didn't I had my first old my first car you can imagine what that was like when I was. And I passed my driving test when I was 27 years old. Yeah, and you talk about how you, you were know, and, riding and, a bike and, around before that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was riding a bike, and um, there is a picture of me somewhere, and I'm, I'm on my bike, and I'm leaning on my Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, in the book, I was, I was looking at, I love that. Yeah, that's sort of the... Is that in the, is that in the book? Uh, yeah, know, yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. Because to me, I, I, because me, I got so used to riding my bike, you know, and then suddenly, you know, uh, I've got these cars. It was kind of... Uh, didn't really feel as though... Because, you know, within the space of three or four years, I went to my from my very first car which was like, you know, 50 pounds and it was a bad car, um, to um, to, de- to good cars, you know. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, and, you know, I think I think people that don't know, you know, your story and, and everything, I think they assume that, that Judas Priest just, like, appeared out of thin air as this massive arena band. But you guys... Yeah. You guys... <laughs> When 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 we had released Sad Rings of Destiny, in the very first car I had, I was 27 years old, Sad Rings of Destiny had been released. I used to go into, because I, mean, I could have gone on forever in the book, I used to go into old deserted houses that were marked up for derelict, der, to be, you know, um, demolished. Yeah. Old. And I used to go into the cellars because people used to collect newspapers and stuff like that, and I used to put all the newspapers, old newspapers, in my car until the car was full of old newspapers. And I used to take it to this place that used to buy, uh, like a paper mill, and you didn't get much for it. A whole car full might buy you uh, a pack of cigarettes or something, or, you know... But that's what I used to do. And And Sad Wings and Destiny had been released. And I didn't tell that story in the book, and I haven't, and I don't, you know, but lots of things like that used to happen, you know. So, yeah, you were still scraping pretty, you know, the first few albums. uh, Yeah, yeah. It was was tough. We We were all doing whatever we could just to get a few shillings, you know. Yeah, um, and it feels and, uh, it's pretty amazing now. Yeah. I feel like Judas Priest music and and the bands of, 
you know, sort of the classic uh, British metal bands. It's it's bigger than than ever now. Like the music has lived on and transcended. I feel like every you know more more so than any other subgenre of metal. It's it's still the the biggest music, bigger than ever. Would you agree? Yeah, I do, and it's 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 such a bona fide, you know, um, style of music because it's so there's such an, a good variety as well. Yeah, Dave is what I think. I mean, there's such a good variety, you know, of of, of different styles, which is good, you know, um, and. And it's healthy, you know. You can go from Saxon to ACDC, Van Halen to Black Sabbath to Scorpions to Metallica to Venom, you know, as you as you mentioned, yeah. Um, you know, and um, to New Borgia, whatever. It, you, there's something in there for everyone, really. What is? Is there any any current, you know, like newer bands that you're that you're into now, or do you listen to any of that? No, no, and I should, you know, but. Nothing's come to the surface yet. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but I really do need to take some time to to listen um, to, uh, you know, specifically if there is someone that's following the footsteps of Priest, uh, Male and Saxon and all that, you know, then I'd be happy to listen. But, but as, as we say, it's probably a pretty hard act to follow, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bands, uh, for the newer bands um, to do something that's comparable that that makes a, a, a mark and gets noticed, it must be tough, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I, I I've kept you another fifteen minutes, uh, so I should, I, I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, thank you so much for talking to me. It's it's an honor, and uh, I'm excited uh, to to finish up the book tonight. And uh, I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah. And thanks. Yeah. Well. Um, well. Good. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Absolutely. Um, As I've said, roughly, it. You know. Um, and uh, I'm so glad to have been able to produce it. Really. Um, it's been. It's been good. I get to speak to a lot of people around the world again. You know, I've been away for a long time, um, but. Um, just needed to also later on in the book answer some unanswered questions for everyone, really, and give yeah. them an insight to um, to what it was all about and how I felt as though um, I felt kind of um, somewhat broken towards the end and I had to give give in, give way. Really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. Start. Yeah, some of that must have been. Uh, yeah, you walked away. You know, after like forty years with the band. It, uh, that must have been very hard. Very hard indeed, mate. Very hard. You know, um, uh, and this whole retirement thing, it was just purely the guys on the other side really saying, oh, yeah, KK's retired, looking after his golf course. But that's not the way that it was really, you know. There was a there was a good FU letter that went in, you know. Um, yeah. At the, end, at the end there, and... Um, and I actually did say the words, you know, you can tell the fans and everyone that that, that you've broken me, you know. Um, so 
strategy seems, but I always thought I was a strong person and I would never, ever be the type of person to give in or to give up. But I do know this now, that um, everybody, everybody in the world has a, has got a breaking point because if I could be, if I could reach that point, there's no doubt that everybody, you know, um, has it in them to uh, to give in, you know, uh, if yeah. it gets to be that bad. Um, but I say, and I do mention, you know, whatever has happened, whatever is happening now, whatever happens in the future, my full respect where that's deserved, you know, for my fellow bandmates. We shared a career together. We shared a legacy together. You know, we built something very special together and we lived a life together and we fought, fought a lot of battles together. And that, I only sincerely hope that that is reciprocated by the other guys because we all deserve that credit and and that respect and it certainly comes from me to them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope so too. And, uh, you know, it's such an amazing legacy on so many levels of what, what you guys did. Uh, so as, as a huge fan, I hope so too. Yeah, um, me too. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think when, so Glenn's not touring, Glenn Tipton's not touring with the band Seems like maybe um well I hope I hope uh I mean because you go I just saw him saw uh, the band play at Vakken and it you know it's just it seems uh it's just it's weird to see the see them now without you and and Glenn up there of course uh and so I, I'm hope yeah I, I, hope- I, I, I mean I didn't didn't mean to call any contra- cause any controversy or any trouble or anything you know but. It was, uh, I was disgruntled, really. I mean, I, I said I was shocked and stunned that they didn't ask me to step in when there was a, a position because, um, yeah. because if I'd have said no, Dave, you know, I'm not able to do it or for whatever reason. At least it would have been good for them. They could say, well, we asked KK, you know, because. We understand, and we understand that we, you know, that the fans have a voice too. The fans are responsible for our success. The fans yeah. have been loyal to us for forty years. The fans also have a voice and an opinion, you know. Um, but they didn't do that, which I think was wrong. I think that was wrong to do that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if I'd have said yes. Um, I'll step in and resume my position, you know. Um, then I think that I had a right to do that, really, because I wasn't able to continue with Glenn towards the end. Yeah. Um, because, quite simply, I'm that type of musician. I like everything really tight. You know, I like to get off on the music. I, I like to know that everybody's got my back. If I, if I, if I faux pas, you know that that we're, you know, that we're all watching out for each other. And there's no, there's no room for any weaknesses up there because it's a dangerous place to be as well. You know, I mean, we have to keep our eyes open. 
you know, um, accidents can happen, but the music has got to be absolutely. And as um, I have a saying, the older I said to the guys, the old, listen, the older we get, the younger we've got to play. But it wasn't happening; it was just slowing down. You know, mm-hmm. it's always going to be it's always going to be a great show. People are always going to want to enjoy it because they've travelled and paid the money for the ticket. Yeah, you know, and they're listening to the songs and seeing their favourite band. So it's always going to be great. But when you break it down, you know, it's not that great. People, you're obviously a musician. You've told me you play the guitar, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you can watch a band, <clears throat> but you strip away all of those videos and all of that monitors, and there's not a fat lot happening. Yeah. I always maintain. I always maintain that we've got to be able to entertain an, an audience, no matter how big, just with our amplifiers. Our stage clothes and our performance. Yeah. You've got to be able to perform and entertain with nothing. No stage set, no nothing. Strip it all down because that's what we used to do. It's what made the band into a great band. Yeah. We were able to do that with nothing in the early days. Yeah. When yeah. we came to America and started to, to support Alice Cooper, Fogat, Oreo, Kiss, you name it. Yeah, you talked about uh, opening, yeah. I think, for Ario so, Speedwagon, they gave you just one one spotlight on We had rock. nothing. We had nothing. We yeah. had to bring the music and the priest identity, but also perform. We had to be able to build individually and as a band, something that was charismatic, something that was people would be drawn to with our presence on that stage, and it wasn't easy. We had to work at that and become that person, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. The, the people wanted to, they wanted, they, where these people would enjoy looking at our hands, you know, our feet, our eyes, all parts of our body, you know, playing that instrument, you know, because that's what happened to me when I was a kid. You know, I saw Hendrix play with nothing behind him, just his amps. Yeah. You know, I saw great people, Paul Kossoff, Gary Moore, great players, you know, entertain me when I was absolutely, totally transfixed on their person, and that's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. Before And, we, and then yeah. we integrated all of that with each other. You know, we would play off, you know, and all of that, you know, would become entertaining, you know, and, and that's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to go out and do that again as a band, you know. Yeah, do, do you without ever... All, without all, all the pomp and circumstance, just... Put up the martial arms, go out there and play hard rock. Yeah, do you, do you think there's any chance of that happening? Are you, you getting out there with a you know some? It, it, some... it would be it would be, would be good. Judas Priest <laughs> yeah. and become naked. <laughs> I would love naked it. Naked again. Whatever. Yes, strip it down. Strip, strip down to the bone. You know, Judas Priest. Keep, but, you got to keep the motors. You got to keep the motorcycle. 
the on stage though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's well, yeah, that was fun. I mean, we used to use props like fire extinguishers, ball whips, ball whips, motorcycles, anything that we could lay our hands on because we, you know, didn't have a lot of money to go around for these big uh, screens and spectacular things that you can, you know, uh, create energy with now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well. Pretty, uh, we'll, we'll see, mate. We'll see what 2019 I hope so. Brings. I want to see you out there with that flying V again. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll work at it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, KK. This has been awesome. Thanks. I'm a huge fan, and uh, and uh, I hope hope we see you out there again soon. And in the meantime, we have all those great albums. Cheers, Dave. It's been fun, mate. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Yep. Take care. Take care, mate. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have. What was that? That was me. Oh. Mm, Sorry. That's terrifying. Moving the mic. No. There you have it. Um, I hope you enjoyed that, Des. I love... And everybody. I want to talk to an English person on the phone every day, just so when we get off the phone, they can be like, all right, cheers, mate. Yeah, and, you know it's a lovely way to get off the phone. It's a it's a delight. Absolutely. I I was, I it was so fun talking to to if you if you were just tuning in that was KK Downing from Judas Priest who I uh, talked to on the phone last week, and I'm embarrassed. I sound like Chris Farley in those sketches, like when he <laughs> talks to to uh, Paul McCartney and stuff. I was just so. Uh, you do your best you can. It was just a lot. It was a uh, you know. I'd say you handled yourself quite well. I wasn't really in full-on Charlie Rose mode. That's I don't I think anybody do wants to be that. You know, I guess yeah. I'm yeah, I'm using uh, walk that one back. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's a uh, who can even tell who a knows non uh, problematic sex offender guy um, that I could anyway. You see my point. But get K.K. Downing's book, Heavy Duty Days and Nights in Jews Priest. It's great. I'm almost done with it. Um, and uh, I wish it never ended. I've been going on YouTube and looking up, like, uh, live Judas Priest shows from over the years. It's great. It's pretty pretty sweet. I think it would be awesome to be in that band around 1982, maybe. Okay. Just go out there and... Any particular reason that aired, or just because they're at just a, full on? They're a real nice groove at that point. Pre, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, all, you got British Steel, you got Screaming for Vengeance to pull from. Yeah, all those songs, and uh, they're bringing a lot of heat. And it's pre. I remember. Uh, tur- what did you think of Turbo when, uh, with the synth guitars? That was the album we were talking about before. I remembered the cover, but I yeah. think I was thinking of Screaming for Vengeance. But it was, I was like I was saying, I was blown away when I actually stopped and listened to some Judas Priest at how great it all was beyond just living after midnight. Oh, yeah. They got, they got the hits. This is the goddamn Dave Hill Show. We have 20 minutes to go. and uh, Action-packed. Action-packed. I... I have confirmation. I've emailed with Amari and by extension Pat Piff and LeBron John and we're going to cook something up incredible. 
It's exciting. Together here for the show. The number here is 201-209-9368. That's 201-209-9368. That's 201-209-9368. Um, I know we went away for a while with the KK Down Downing interview, but we're here. We're back. You have to do it. Uh, yeah. KK Downing. The one thing I'll say in the book is, you know, I was equal parts... K.K. Downing, Glenn Tipton fan, but he he sort of makes Glenn Tipton out to be a bit of a controlling type. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't really speak ill of him. But just says... But you kind of go, uh, I think I like K.K. better now. He might be a little more... M- more a man of the people. Laid back, easy to, easy to hang. Yeah, exactly. Better That's on exactly. the bus. Yeah. He just, he said, they hung out a lot, as you can imagine. As you would if you were one of the two lead guitar players in Judas Priest. Those guys played hundreds of shows a year. Yeah. The phone's ringing. Let's see who it could possibly be. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah. Hello? Hey, how you doing? This is uh, LeBron John. It's LeBron John? Right. Wait, you've cut out the middleman. <laughs> what happened to Amari? <laughs> what, you got rid of him. What have you done to Amari? No, he's here. Right here. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, gosh. I, I th- and, then, and then we got Pat Piff. Pat Piff. On the ones and twos. On the ones and twos, yes. What, what, what Taco Bell are you guys at now? Uh, we asked, you know what's crazy? It's uh, totally coincidentally, we did wind up uh, on another soldier to get us to Taco Bell. Wait, wait, I can't quite hear you. I know, I know. It's the uh, the, uh, the the road noise. Hold on. Yeah, so we're on another journey to another Taco Bell, oddly enough. You guys are insatiable. You guys must have got paid today or something, all this Taco Bell going down. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, it just seems to be what's happening right now. That seems to be the way. What, what's with all the... Uh... The Taco Bell, why? Uh, yeah, that, I guess friend, that's what I'm trying uh, to ask. It's hungry, and he has a, a great hankering for, uh, for Taco Bell. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, Gotta I mean, respect the hanker. Yeah, but, and we're about to go to Jersey City. Jersey Taco City? There's we a ta- actually just left Jersey City. I think we're headed back. Pat is uh, right now looking up the nearest Taco Bell. You guys are like a living... Uh, advertisement for Taco Bell. Though, I mean... It seems that way. Actually, you, I mean, you guys... You more tell it like it is. You're not afraid to, uh... To, to you know, knock a, a Taco Bell that's not keeping up... Holding up their end of the deal. If, if they're not up to snuff, yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. But I'll be honest, man. I don't have any uh, particular beef with Taco Bell. That's just, no pun intended. what we're doing on uh, on Monday night, man. Uh, you know, when we crawl in, it's just kind of a, you know, slice of life or whatever we're, we're getting into. So that's what we're doing, man. We're on the road and we're uh, looking for a Taco Bell. I respect that. Trying to find one. The sweet life. It's what life? It's the sweet life. Yeah, man, it's the, it is a sweet life, just like uh, how LeBron was uh, telling us earlier, you know. Now, what this is just, you know, and I could, Des 
we could all be in on this conspiracy, but what if this is like one of those like uh brand those cool brand marketing things where Taco Bell has actually paid the five of us to have cool conversations yeah. about Taco Bell to infiltrate the uh the, the the, the public conversation, yeah, in an organic it, sort of way. Like, because everyone listening is like, "Oh man, <coughs> I gotta get some Taco Bell." These five guys, these guys are the coolest guys in the world, talking about Taco Bell. Is it? It could be. I mean, you never know. It you understand be. my I mean, concern. Uh, you know, the meeting last week with did go really well, and the Taco Bell there was phenomenal. You know, it's a, you know, it's a valid concern. Yeah, no, we talk about it at the meetings. Yeah. Got to make sure everybody some, gets taken care it's of. It's something to think about is all I'm saying. No, no, we talk about it at the meetings. Stop yeah. talking about <laughs> the meetings, man. Yeah, They're going to tip yeah, it off. Ixnay on the eatings, May. No, I know. No, we're not supposed to talk about the meetings. Well, what do you guys do? Uh, I think, Omari, you you maybe said this already, like what you do. What do you guys do by day when you're not talking? Are you in school? Do you work? Uh, yeah, no, we all work, uh, real hard, we do real hard work, lots of different things, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, we have a, we have a, a day trader, and, uh, you know, Pat Piff, uh, he, he does, uh, you know, anything there's money to, to uh, be had for to be He's a utility player. I like that. Entrepreneur. No, I mean, but but for real. I mean, you know, anything, any uh, any career options. You know, any any jobs, any opportunities. Uh, Pat Pitt is your man. You know. I like you it. You need a ride. You need a uh, uh, you need a ride. Hey, you got you got four dollars for gas. Pat Pitt is your man. Uh, do you need a sandwich? Uh, you know. I'm gonna go have, Pat Piff have, on that. Ham and cheese, uh, you know, two or three dollars, man. He could be, he could be your man. You know. Wait, for, uh, if does you need he... help or advice, uh, you know, hey, uh, if you if you have something, Pat could you say, you know, Pat Piff <laughs> is your man. That's all I'm trying to say. I it's, like uh, that. So, he's so a dude is, that. is Pat well, Piff driving then tonight? Yeah, yeah. Pat Piff is uh, driving. Yeah, right. I'm uh, I'm reclining for a moment. It's uh it's real cool. You know, Pat Piff is driving, he's trying to find uh the next Taco Bell. How many Taco uh, Bells have you guys been to? to we're around. Pat, are we on our way to the Taco Bell? We're going to the same Taco Bell. All right, the uh the mission for Taco Bell has been abandoned in favor of Dinah. So uh yeah, no, I guess uh we're not gonna get any more Taco Bell money tonight. All right. Damn. All right, you got to mix it up. Which diner are you going to? Pat, what diner are we going to? That's Pat Piff. All right, well, he's still trying to figure it out. <laughs> he's still trying to figure Could it out, be. man. All right. The guy's hungry. He works hard all the time. I'm all with you. Work. I He works and he runs and he runs and then he, and then he works. Like you know? runs in like he's a fitness a- way? Say it again. Like you mean he he's uh, like working out? Yeah, he works out, and then he works, and then he and then he runs, man, all over, man. I always see Pat running. Listen, ladies. I see Pat running, and sometimes I say, Pat, hey Pat, where you going? And, and you know he's, he already he ran by me. It was too late. I, did, I couldn't hear his response. 
I like the heat that Pat Pat Piff is bringing. He, he all the time, man. I was, uh, I definitely, you know, I know he has, uh, you know, more thoughts on this uh, deep and, and ravishing hunger he's trying to deal with. But it's so all deep right. and ravishing that uh, he cannot cannot look away from the phone. He's trying to use to find the diner while driving the car and trying not to kill. Us. I get, I get it. I put all, I put all trust in, uh, put all trust in Pat Piff. Well, I'll let you guys LeBron, out. LeBron John is cool, too. He's all right. Oh, yeah. Well, can you guys call back next week? We're gonna, yeah, we you gotta, know we will, man. We got to drive this one home and get the rest yeah, of these calls. Yeah, I know. And... I was trying to call him before. Uh, I was like, oh, man. They're probably going to want to rap or something. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give it a shot. We'll see uh, what happens. All right. Excellent. Thank right. you guys. Have a good night and uh, good luck on yeah. your quest. Yeah, for hopefully food. we can find this uh, this diner situation. Hopefully we can uh, we can feed Pat Piff. Godspeed. We, we believe Pat in you. Piff. Uh, yes. Pat Piff, uh, twenty twenty four. All right. All right. Pat <laughs> I'm in. Pat Piff. Shouldn't be too hard to find a diner hey, in Union no. County, New Jersey. Wait, wait. I, uh, do that? we have an actual woman calling? Hey, this Who? is Carrie. Carrie from Brooklyn. Carrie from Brooklyn. Hey, what's up? What's I, up I saw Carrie from Brooklyn last week at uh, Union Hall. Did you now? I was there with, yeah. with Julian Villard. Sweet. Checks out. <laughs> uh, how are you guys? Really great. Thanks for asking. What's going on with you? I just wanted to um, call, you know, because I'm the Taco Bell caller number six. six the six of us talking about Taco Bell. Sure. <laughs> Don't tip off the meetings. Um, no, but Taco Bell um, always reminds me of um, what this word that we made up um, called meat sweat, and it's kind of like you know you know how Taco Bell always has that film on the inside, uh-huh. like when you're looking in, it's kind of like kind of cloudy, but you know you go inside and it's just like the sweat of meat. It has that smell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think I do. And so certain gay bars would be like, oh, my God, total meat sweat. Like, at a certain point in the night, it's meat sweat. And you're either going to go in for it, or that's when you're getting out, you know? Oh, that sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> I need you to clarify. What... <laughs> I or thought, should I just let it go? I thought this was going a whole different way. Where like you <laughs> eat too much meat and then you're sitting there sweating. I feel like no, that's not. Like, you know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of a, a you know it's like a groin sex thing, kind of. You know, at some point in the night, at you know at the cock or whatever, it's some that's gay bar. A, but that's a uh, uh, a gay bar okay. in, in yeah, the East Village. Yeah, it's a definite gay bar thing, and you can like see this the film happening, and you're like. Named after and the rooster. Sometimes it's, go ahead. It's named after. I'm just clarifying for uh, anyone who <laughs> thought you were using saucy language. It's the name of a bar named that's named after oh, a, roos- yes. a rooster. Yes, yes the, the rooster. Yes, exactly. That that makes that sound cock Right. Um. So, so, so meat sweat, but um. Meat sweat, uh, sure. It's it's a it's a great great word and it comes from Taco Bell so thanks again Taco Bell and then also I had a chihuahua for like 15 years my baby 
um, and he, uh, his name's Harry, and he looked exactly like the Taco Bell dog. Remember, remember when that happened? Are you saying they all look the same? That's kind of yeah. Rude. You gotta yeah, be real. No, it was you got to be real Bell careful dog. what you say next. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he was like Yokiero Taco Bell, that dog who said that. Sure. So, this so checks that out. year or, or those like five years, so many chihuahuas got. Um, got just tossed aside and I I picked one up off the street who just was like tied by his neck in the East Village and Wait, um, what? You stole so, somebody's dog? <laughs> I mean it's still I still sometimes wonder, but I don't think so. I mean he had a pretty he had a pretty nice leash, but everyone knows that Chihuahuas can't handle like rain or any kind of thunder or anything scary. This and checks out. And the chihuahua was, like, tied to a door on Avenue A and, a and 13th in, like, a raging storm, really tightly by his neck. Oh, it's horrible. And then did you take it home? Yeah. We adopted it. Did it have a and collar and no ID or nothing? No, nothing. But you, but, and but you nice kept leash. it for 15 years? Yeah. And he's, just, he's amazing. Anyway. Well, you still scary. have it? <laughs> what? You still have it? No, he passed away um, when um, my first son was six months old. He he um, he got Lyme's disease. Um, he was never totally the same, but um, oh. but I and then he had like that kidney thing that happens with that, and mm. I would like I would do crude dialysis. I you know we had you have the like bag of saline, and you have to like hold his neck and and put the, the water in, and it kind of puffs up the skin for a, a while, and then it would eventually like kind of go into his kidneys. Um, but at a point, you can't really, you can't do that anymore and have him have a good life, so. That's what you get for stealing a dog off the streets. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to say kind of gross anything. work. <laughs> Jeez. Thank Thanks, you for uh, yeah. saying what everyone's, everyone's thinking. But we, um, it reminds me that the dog to Taco Bell one time, in, um, like, just outside of Savannah, Georgia, all my, um, we were on a Dazzle Dancer bus. The we Dazzle Dancers, uh, for, if there's any confusion, is, um, that's a dance troupe. <laughs> is that where your name? I wanted to know what you said. I'm like, what? what? Is, is that part of where your, uh, your, your Twitter it handle? A, it was a movement. It was a, <laughs> it was, um, Dazzle revolutionary, dancers. I like to say. Um, but, you know, we were we were in the the late '90s, early 2000s, kind of, and we were performing for the Millennium Show um, for, um, with Blondie. And where we took a butt in Miami. Okay. So we took a an RV from the East Village <laughs> to uh, Miami, and uh, it was like. My girlfriend Jolene, like a girlfriend of mine, and then a whole bus of gay guys. And sure. My boyfriend at the time, and then in a giant sock of ecstasy. And we. Ex um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to back it up. A giant sock full of ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gym sock. Okay. Why would you put it in a sock? Because <laughs> they wanted to like tie it. Uh, you know, I don't know. It was like, I think at that time people were wearing like, like 
knee-high socks a lot. So it was like, probably one was around and it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. Put it in a scarf. Was, it should never have been in a sock because obviously they all had like free reign to just, you know, grab at it. And I don't, I don't think we made it to Miami before it was gone. Luxury problems. I just found. Uh, <laughs> I, I just found an article. But it was an it was an RV, you know. Like we we that was kind of a. No, I mean, it had this story does have everything. Let me be clear. I just found an well, article in the New York had, Times. Like, Twelve cases of water because remember how during Y two K they were like, get water. There's gonna be no water on the. Earth. Oh yeah. You know, all the clocks are gonna change and there will be no water. So we. <laughs> One girl was so freaked out. She got all the all these um, gallons of water. And um, oh, I understand. We were set, and then we had a couple of cases of champagne. Wait, let's and Chihuahua. Wait, Des has some uh, intel. I I just found an article in the New York Times about the dazzled dancers, and and Carrie, you're right there in the lead of the story. You there familiar it is. with this one? It checks out. Checks out. Look at that, you guys. Fact checking. Do I look like a Pomeranian, Carrie Kern, a.k.a. Cherry Dazzle, asked on Sunday? Then it goes on from there. Did it say Pomeranian? That's what the, that's what the sentence says. Uh, oh, I hope you're yeah. proud of yourself. You weren't going for the Pomeranian look when you peroxided your hair oh, into pert little ponytails? Oh, I had a Pomeranian. Oh, no. and I'm proud, to, I'm proud to be a Pomeranian. That's fine. Okay. My hair. I thought that they were calling my chihuahua a Pomeranian. No. And, like, he would, like, turn this grave if I could find his ashes his ashes are somewhere in my house and my little uh, my two year old when he was two he's eight now he would like carry him around and say this <laughs> and I never and I meant to like put his ashes somewhere you know scatter them around like in a park you like but I never had time how and long then, could that possibly take <laughs> I well, I wanted to make a big thing of it, you know, and, like, invite everyone and, like, like dance and, you know. You wanted everyone to come to your uh, Chihuahua ashes scattering party? Yeah. Because um, everyone knew Harry because he, he had a big personality. I'm thinking out loud here, but maybe the next fundraiser we put together. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going. We get Amari. We get LeBron John, we get Pat Piff, and then we get Carrie and her Chihuahua's ashes. Cherry, <laughs> uh, how many how many dazzle dancers can you wrangle up for this? Perhaps eleven. Okay. We get the ramen gang and out in full effect. We get the <laughs> dazzle dancers. This could be big. <laughs> you guys, this is gonna be huge. It has the makings of a qu- uh, All right. Well, we gotta drive this. Uh, Thing home, oh, Carrie. But ultimately, the the point of the, I mean, the punchline is Taco Bell wouldn't let us in with the chihuahua, and I was like, this is the Taco Bell dog, and you won't let us in. It was a big, it was scandalous. We couldn't eat there. We left. Hmm. See, on this one, That's I'm going to side with Taco Bell management. I don't want animals in my f- eating establishment. I go back and forth on this one. No, I was holding him. All right, we got we have a minute Besides, to go. We got to cleaner than people. To well, let's continue it next week. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, bye. Jim. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. Thanks, Carrie.
You've been listening to the goddamn Dave Hill Show on WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, in New York City, in Rockin' County, at 91.9 FM, and online worldwide at WFMU.org. Jesse, what button? CD1. CD1. Good night, Dave. Good night, Des. Hello, Jesse. Hi, Des. Our thanks to uh, KK Downing. Yes. Amari, LeBron John, Pat Piff, Ing Dave, Niels in Merrickville, Ontario. Joe Tate. Joe Tate, Poet Laureate, Dave Lucas. Not a dry seat in the house. See you next week or hear you next week. Uh, Get tested, everyone. And don't forget to pledge online for the WFMU fundraiser. Bye-bye.